What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode eight of PSI Love You XOXO. I am one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside he only does everything, Colin Maury Artie. How's my hair? It's awesome. Like, I'm telling you, you keep telling me you want to cut it. I'm saying keep letting it go. The kids, have they've been well-spoken, outspoken, some well would spoken, say. They are, they they've been, been well-spoken well and outspoken mm-hmm. that they want to see the Colin Moriarty fro we hear so much about right. from back in college when you didn't know any better. Women already hate me. Can you imagine how much women are going to hate me if I have it? But the men would want to be you even more. Yeah, I know. That's Look true. at this guy giving no fucks with his hair. That's, that's who I want to be. I have no fucks left to give about it. literally anything at all. Right. Literally anything. Right. Mm-hmm. So just do it. We'll see. Just don't go super short. I'm not you've been doing it. You've been doing it well lately. Doing I'd like it, you to keep doing, doing it and doing it well. Remember that song? Yeah, I, that's why I was just singing it. So yeah, I remember the song. But right. sometimes it's one of those things you ever heard of this temporal displacement where memories flare that you weren't there for. That could be one of them. That got pretty deep. I didn't Thank realize you. you no, I get there, man. Yeah, I get all. When up did you in read it. about that? Oh, you know, when did I read about it? Come on, you kidding me? Some cartoon talked about it. Oh, I don't okay. know. <laughs> I'm sure a video video game say, brought it say, up. You don't read. Okay. Playing Fallout Four, they got a whole bunch of memory stuff you're doing there. They got a memory den and things like that. But we'll talk about Fallout Four later. But no spoilers. Don't worry about it. Uh, before we go any further, Colin, we need to talk about the biggest news, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to. Uh, you're probably already if you're watching. You get, you're on the computer. You're watching on YouTube. Open up your Google Calendar or your iCal. If you're on your phone, open up your calendar too. It's time to get down to business. Colin, I have an announcement to make. It's the biggest announcement this show's ever had since number one. We said we were going to start doing the show and probably since Shuhei came on the show. You got a spec on your glasses again. It's really... You have your little things? I don't know. You can clean them. You I can, do. Okay, good. You can clean them for okay, me while I, I'm not going to make the announcement to look my glasses are clean. Instead, I will drink this coffee from this uh, Mizzou uh, like, coffee mug. That one's really on there. Mizzou, that's a loaded term this, these days. The kids the kids look real good. People are real happy with the kids from Mizzou. Man, that one's right on there. Okay, I got it. Thank you. Here you go. All right, back to your calendars, your iCals, your Google Cals. Ladies and gentlemen, it is official. <sighs> P.S. I Love You XO will be the only podcast cool. to have I'm a sorry. panel. Wait. It's P.S. I Love You XO XO. What did I say? You just said XO once. P.S. I Love You XO? That's what you said. That's fucked up. Why would I do that? Show's kind of new. It's only yeah, we haven't even done ten episodes yet. I don't like the way the show's going already. You want to stop it? What's up, everybody? No, no, we're doing a PlayStation Experience panel. We're officially doing a PlayStation Experience panel. We are the only podcast to have a PlayStation Experience panel in the world. So you have to go to PSX, of course, here in San Francisco. Saturday, we will be on the main stage, five p.m. It's the first weekend of December. Not this Saturday, obviously. Not the Saturday you're listening to this, but the Saturday of PlayStation Experience, PSX in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We have a panel, main stage, five p.m. This is a huge deal, Colin. It is a huge deal. I'm very excited about it. I am too. Um, it'll be good and it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm very honored that Sony chose us to do this. Yes. As you said, we're the only podcasting partner uh, on the uh, main. What is it? What are they, What is this? This is called this, the, main, the stage. main stage. Third floor of Moscone Center. I think you can seat something like a thousand people. So everybody should come. Yeah. So they're having like some sort of, I don't know other function with uh, community or something like that. Like, uh, uh, I guess there'll be a community stage of some sort. Oh, yeah, yeah, where they bring on community programming and do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But we'll be, you know, doing our own thing. We're um, like one of the official panel panels. Right, exactly, like, which yeah. is exciting. And it's not surprising. When we did Podcast Beyond uh, last year at PSX, we were the only standing room panel. And, yep. and uh, we have a strong community. And this is, of course, the community uh, show where our community will be most uh, active and apparent. In the Venn diagram. And I know that, and I know that you're going to fill that room up. In the Venn diagram of PS I love you XOXO and PlayStation it's like overlapping it, it's, it's just one circle there's very few people I would think who don't know of the show probably a few that don't like us but very few 
the, the people are going to come to this panel. Mm. It's exciting. We're excited for you to come. Shuhei Yoshida already agreed to be on the panel. No wor- legwork has been done since then. Right. I assume he's still in, but he's a busy man. Right. You would hope somebody over there in Japan's looking at a schedule. They see that this is happening. I put his name in the title of the panel I pitched. You'd hope they're like, oh, we better book him up for that. Mm-hmm. But who knows? If not, I'll just bring David Jaffe and whip his ass at Tower Fall Ascension. Mm-hmm. That's the plan otherwise. Mm-hmm. Colin has some things he wants to do. Lots happening. So 5 o'clock, PSS Saturday, PXX Saturday. We're going to be doing it. Not, I will be promoting this down your throats the rest of November, well into December. The, the one show we'll do in December before PSX. But for sure, come 5 o'clock, PSX Saturday. Now here's where the deal gets even sweeter, Colin. Mm. You might say, Greg, you're already the number one PlayStation podcast. Greg, you're already the only podcast to go to PSX. What is left for you to do at PSX to make this your show? The answer, of course, is to throw a kick-ass meet and greet. And here's the most important part, a free meet and greet. These don't happen. These are rare. These are few and far between, it seems. like Sometimes it's like we're, we're somewhere, bring money. You know what I mean? So you can buy drinks and food, you're saying. Exactly. Well, you still probably have to do that. We're going to have a limited- You're going to also have to pay Greg- and his ego, $10 at the, at the door to get to most If you want to shake my ego's hand, right. it's a $10 thing. No. Uh, we are proud to announce, too, that Saturday of PSX, we're throwing a party. It's kind of funny. It's Just Cause 3 meet and greet. We're partnering with the folks over at Square, promote Just Cause 3. Uh, we're taking over Jillian's. Now, if you don't know where Jillian's is, it's literally across the street from PSX. Like, you would walk out the side door. There it is. You can just jaywalk across the street. It's four lanes of traffic tops. They'll stop for you probably. Don't do that. Wait until they'll, you know, it you can go to the crosswalk that's right there too, but then you have to make this little left and then you have to go. There's like a little park, a little, not a park, but an open area. Just be safe. And then Julian's is right there. I'm just saying if you want to get there fast. Right. Do you want to get there slower or do you want to get there fast? Well, some what things would, come with a risk. What so. would Sonic do? I think we have our answer right there, right? Uh, kind of funny. It's just cause three meet and greet is Saturday at Julian's at eight o'clock. So basically five to about six, I'm sure. We do the panel. They say 545, but we're going to run long. Mm. You know what we do. Mm. Five to six, two hours of chill time, mm. get to this meet and greet. Mm. Uh, there are, and now here's where it gets hazy for me. I, I can't, I don't know much. These are where the details, it's it's foggy. My vision, it's similar when you have your premonitions. You can't see it all. You right. know what I mean? It's hard. I know that there will be some wristbands for free booze. It's an all ages meet and greet because it's a restaurant bar. All ages meet and greet. Some people might be able to get. We we might be able to give away wristbands. Well, you just said that it was free though. So what do you mean by that? You can get in for free. The food's free. You hang out for free. So the food's free. I see what you're saying. So but if you want food's free, if you, if you want booze, cash bar. Unless you're one right, of these weird right, right, wristbands, right, right. we may or okay, may not have. Okay, now I understand. I now also, understand. bring money to this one <laughs> for not only your booze. We are going to try. We've been talking about it again. Hazy because no real plans have been made. A uh, new PSX, mer- or I'm sorry, new PS. I love you, PSX merchandise. Yeah, like exclusive there. to PSX. Yeah, so something we can do that kind of funny stuff would be there, and only we can. Have. We did this a kind of funny live in May, and I think that you know with with some exclusive merch and people liked it. We didn't make nearly enough of it at, P- at kind of funny live. Maybe we'll learn our lesson. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll have something. Maybe we won't. But yeah, uh, yeah. If you want some uh, PSX exclusive PS, I love you XOXO merch, might be a good time. To- Go to Jillian's yeah. eight o'clock. So basically, what I'm saying is. PS I love you XO XO is going to own PSX. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a surprise. No, I mean cuz that's not the thing. A huge like surprise. I always talk about it. I wrote, the, what's funny about this is if what well, doesn't even matter. When this podcast goes live, episode 8 of PS I love you XO XO. So will a PlayStation blog post I wrote mm-hmm. promoting the fact that we have a panel and there'll be a meet and greet there and stuff like that. And I put in there the fact of like and I'm sure to anybody who hates me it's going to come off as totally like jerky or whatever, right? Or like being an ass but how much are you all mean to me you're like you know that if you're watching this show listening to this show you're well aware of the best friends and how important our and how cool our relationship is but 
what I always said when I came, we came back from PSX last year, when we came back and people were like, oh, how was it? I, was, I always said, if you want to feel like a rock star, do a PlayStation podcast for seven and a half years and then go to a PlayStation convention. Everyone was so nice. Everyone was excited to meet us. You know what I mean? Like we go to PAXs or Comic-Cons or this, that, or the other, and we meet people, we have meet and greets and it's cool, but it's always like 3% of whoever you meet knows who you are and cares. Whereas this one was, it seemed like every person was like, even if they didn't like fanboy out or freak out to me, it's like, oh, hey, I enjoy what you do. Da, da, da. You know what I mean? Like we are. And you were like, this is not good enough. For I'm me. like, this is not good enough for my ego. Do you understand what I have to do here? And then I bitch slapped him and shoot. He's like, no. And I'm like, stay out of this shoe. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like this. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, how, what, so what does the, the PlayStation blog post say? Let me see what it, I'll guess. You proof uh, it. Don't be an ass. <laughs> My name is Greg Miller. Greg Miller is my name, and I'm Greg Miller from a PlayStation podcast. If you didn't know, if you, don't you know, can follow me on Twitter at Twitter, Game Over Greggy. Follow me on Twitter at Game Over Greggy. My name is Greg Miller, and, and at PSX this year in Greg Miller's hometown of San Francisco, California, <laughs> we're going to have a, a PS I Love You XOXO live podcast starring Greg Miller. Yeah. As well as someone no, else. No, no, no. Now, no, as, as well as it was all, it was a more about that, and then a link to my IMDb page, and then thanks from Greg Miller, and then PS Call might be there. Too. And then there's a JPEG with your signature. <laughs> Feel free to print this off and bring a five dollar bill to me so that this is an official autograph. PSX Saturday, we will be promoting this probably starting for all the shows and have a graphic made and stuff like that. But we need you to come out, have fun, have a great time here in San Francisco. I'm excited. Me too. I like PSX. It's like <clears throat> not to be a commercially man that I am indeed a commercially man but yeah uh psx is the only bonafide show where i'm like i'm 100 into this right because it's right in your wheelhouse it's right in my wheelhouse and it's also here sure last oh, year was in oh, vegas i see last year was in vegas that was fine yeah we had a good time we had a really good time yeah but this year it being here uh means that i don't have to miss football on sunday mm -hmm. you'll never see me again after saturday i'm gonna disappear and i'm gonna watch sure. football on sunday uh and we don't. I, we just like literally get an Uber and go to the show, and then literally get an Uber and come home. Yeah. So I have to be out of my comfort zone for too long. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all good. Okay. Good. It's all fantastic, and I'm really, I really appreciate it. You're a lot like Mister Freeze in the 1960s Batman show. I've heard where that. He had before. his cold room, and then when he had to leave, he had to put on like a suit and stuff. I've heard that. Or you're like the Bubble Boy, who also could leave his bubble, but he had to have the Bubble the Boy moves. suit on. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most <laughs> ladies and gentlemen this is ps i love you xoxo it is kind of funny's playstation podcast it is the number one playstation podcast on the internet it is the only podcast going to playstation experience thank you all for your support remember the show goes live each and every tuesday at 9 a.m on podcast services around the globe as well as youtube.com slash kind of funny games so if you're over there subscribe to us if you're over on itunes subscribe to us there and please rate the show it means a lot to us then head to kind of funny.com where you can get each and every patreon you can find out all about youtube.com slash kind of funny you can see the twitch tv slash kind of funny games where we stream games like we streamed fallout 4 when i woke up at 4 30 today to stream it and we did extra life over this weekend and speaking of which was it worth it it was worth it speaking of which thank you all for making extra life so so special uh so many of you not only watched not only donated you went out and did community streams under the banner of kind of funny for extra life uh we hosted a whole bunch of you obviously we couldn't host everybody sorry about that but we hosted a whole bunch of you we did it on saturday a full 24 hours of gaming we raised so far over fifty-two thousand dollars. as team kind of funny which puts us as uh, the 10th highest uh, grossing uh, Extra Life team out of something close to 6,500. So thank you so much for once again showing the power of this community and how important you all are to us. Colin! The power. Without further the ado, power. let's yeah. begin the show with what is and forever will be 
Roper's report. Time for some singular possessive news. There are 16 items on the list. A baker's motherfucking dozen. Number one, it's a short one. PlayStation 4 firmware update 3.11 is now live. And Wait, is whoa, whoa, 3.11? Yeah, that's right. Did you get stoked about that? Were you oh, all like, yeah, man. I don't yeah. get stoked about anything, man. Then I went and get, smoked my, smoked my dank yardum nugs. <laughs> Your yardum nugs, man. Uh, it says, PlayStation 4 firmware update 3.11 is now live and is a small update designed to enhance system performance. Go ahead and download it now so you can just get out of the way. There's nothing else to say about is that. Is it optional? Did I, did I already I download don't know. it? Okay. I couldn't tell you. I haven't okay. been on my PS4 in a few days. Number two. This is a long one. Bear with me. Should I put up my feet? No. Please don't do Should that. Should I pack a lunch? It's 3.47 in the afternoon. So no, you shouldn't oh, do that either. To lunchtime. I haven't eaten anything today. What's the problem with that? I don't know. You some kind of you haven't eaten a lot lately. No, there's some day the other day I noticed you weren't eating. I'm depressed. You have some kind of Gandhi strike. I'm depressed. But that's the opposite of what you're supposed to do when you're depressed. It's it depends. Gorge. It depends. It all depends on what you're depressed about and how your body feels about the depression. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> don't tell me how to feel about depression. Just saying what works, man. Eating. It does work. Yesterday I gorged myself during Sunday night football. And then I like couldn't move for like an hour and a half where I was going to throw up all over the place. Just oh. fries and hot dogs. That's all I had. How many hot dogs? Two and a bag of fries. <laughs> nice. Did you do the whole cheese thing and the mayo? Yeah. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mayo, ketchup, onions, mm. and then grated cheese over it. How, how, honestly, how crispy do your fries get? That's my thing. I need a, I need a crispy motherfucking fry. They get crispy. If, if I, I put them in for about 15 minutes, I, I mix them up. I put them in for 10 more minutes. Uh-huh. Then, because you need to make sure that they're cooked. Then you broil them. Oh, okay. But you got to broil them 90 seconds. Yeah, you that get broiler, out. man. That broiler. You got to get them out. You got to get right up. Number mm. two. Mm. Don't tell me what to feel, how to feel about depression and how to eat and how not to eat. I know when to be anorexic and I know when to eat. All right, friend. Okay. Sorry, bad. Bad? <laughs> no, you just called me bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, bad. All right. I was up for 24 hours <laughs> and then I woke up today at 430. I'm sorry. <laughs> Number two, Naughty Dog apparently has no idea what it's going to do for single-player DLC for Uncharted 4 at Thief's End, what other the? than it's doing the DLC. Word comes by way of Naughty Dog's Arnie Meyer, the developer's director of communications, who spoke with GameSpot about the DLC. Furthermore, while Uncharted 4 ends Nathan Drake's story, does that really end the Uncharted franchise completely and Naughty Dog's involvement with it? Here's what Meyer said. Quote, this is a long quote. Okay. Quote, I was talking with Neil Druckmann about a month ago when that was just revealed about the DLC. And reading all the stories and fan reactions about it. It was interesting because people are thinking maybe we'll hold back some story or stuff like that. But he's like, I have no idea what we're going to do with that. We're so busy on the actual game. And I was talking to him and saying that we're taking a bit a big risk here because we have no idea what we're going to do yet. We've committed to putting together. I'm sorry. We've we've committed to putting something together. And it has to be a high level of quality and have a really engaging story. And we said that this is the final chapter. We have all these things we need to resolve at some point, but we have no idea what that is. Neil hasn't even begun to think about what the storyline for the single player DLC is. Then obviously we don't have the resources to work on it because everyone's working on the game. We just know that we're going to do it. Ellipsis. It may be scary from the outside to say this, but we don't have a franchise plan or anything or even a big idea of where anything is going. We treat each individual game as with the equal level of importance and approach it fresh every time. We've always said to ourselves internally that when we're in the pre-production stage, we're trying to figure out what type of game we're trying to make. Do we continue the series or not? If things don't feel fresh or if it doesn't feel like we have an actual story to tell, it doesn't feel like we're able to try new things or innovate with gameplay. Then we'll start thinking about stepping away from it. Every time it's worked out in that, we're like, oh, yeah, we have a story to tell. 
Now with moving to the PS4 and being able to take everything we learned from the previous three games and apply it here and looking at where the story arcs went for the first three games, it feels like the natural time to step away. It was something we were coming to realize in the early phases of development that it was feeling like the right time. End quote. Mm-hmm. So it answers the question I was posing. Is it time? Are they going to walk away at the end of Drake? It seems like it's going to be the end for them. Yeah. But they're talking about the the process. Sure. How do you feel about that single player DLC, though? It's interesting. Now, this goes back to I, I, I admitted that when Druckmann was tweeting in October, I think pictures of mocap wrap up. And I said, well, this is really cutting it close. Yeah. People had tweeted out at me that, well, Maybe this could be the for DLC. the DLC. Well, it's not. It's not for the DLC. So stick it in your crock. So I'm confident this game's getting delayed. Now, mm. now, I hope I am wrong. I want to be very clear about that. I want nothing more than to be wrong about this, but I will not be surprised if Uncharted 4 does not hit its date. You want to bet about it? Not really. PSX Bex? PSX Bex? Yeah. What does that mean? A PSX Bex? <sighs> I think you're having a stroke. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> Let's make some French fries. <laughs> do you think it's going to hit its date? I still do. I still do. I'm still confident. I think the fact that they went out with that date, uh, to me, speaks to them. The, the, they know it. I've, we've talked about it before with them about dates. You know what I mean? And how putting the date on Uncharted like they did was a mistake. The Uncharted two, three, three, of course. Right. Yeah, when they came out at the VGAs 11, 11. or whatever. Yeah, and came, announced that date and then had trouble making it. And then Last of Us, of course, got delayed, and that was all they needed. Right? I feel like, I feel like there's with that level of experience, that level of pressure that level of knowing how much rides on this game in terms of like and I, I know that can go both ways we know how much rides on this being the last uncharted we know how much this rides ride. on this game lord drake right <laughs> uh, how much rides in this game just for the playstation 4 right i know you could easily say well it's not up to standard so let's delay it but i think there were i i think they are hitting you're gonna hit that date i think they're gonna hit that date i, I hope they do it. yeah they shake all the time they need though yeah here's the thing they don't really need this game like, like Sony doesn't need this game imminently. Sure. We're sure. going to learn later about how the system's still selling and how game third-party games are doing, how third-party partnerships are important to Sony. If they were going to be hurt by a lack of first-party production, then maybe it would happen next year, but it hasn't happened yet. Gotcha. In fact, it's not like the console's doing fine or trucking along. You know, 30 it's, million it's units excelling. pretty much. It is soaring. Yeah. So it's getting off the ground. It's, uh, I hope I'm wrong. I just don't feel like it's going to hit that date. And I think that's going to be okay if that happens. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's it'll what, be the end March? of the world. Yeah, March. So I'm going to say like May. Mm, okay. I mean, you're just going to do the same. The Last of Us move mm, then. Just move it two months. Right. I gotcha. I gotcha. What's interesting about it for me with the DLC specifically, putting aside all this date stuff, is the fact this is the antithesis of what people always want. Or this is what people always get mad with day one DLC or that devs are working on something that could have been ready for the disc and isn't da da da. Whereas this is the exact opposite, right? Like we're going to put out the game. It's going to be amazing. And then you're going to wait six months to a year to get whatever this is. Sure. Well, in reading the comment again, I feel like there's a bit of PR speaking here uh, from Arnie, just in the sense that they're saying, he says, I'll read the quote again. Thank you. The piece of quote I'm talking about. Piece of quote. The piece of quote, exactly. Let's see. Let's see. I want to find the specific part. Finding that specific part. You're just, you know, when you say, when you repeat everything I'm saying, you're actually distracting me or, from finding me. Or, or I am a buttress. I am buttress. You're a your flying point. buttress. I'm a flying buttress up here. You're, you're a fan of flying buttresses. Aren't oh you? my god, I love a good flying buttress. You know what a flying buttress? You know what a flying yeah. buttress? Is. Well, yeah, it's a support structure. I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm doing here. So you're buttressing me, but a flying buttress, like an. Yeah, they are right. Yeah. Okay, right, yeah. right, right, yeah. right, right. Okay, okay. Where is the quote? You're gonna get this quote anytime now. 
See, if we didn't have this conversation back and forth, if you yeah. just shut your mouth, <laughs> you see, I would have been able to find it quicker. Colin, you know what I always say? The, the Romans had a good idea with the aqueduct. I found it. They did have a good idea with the aqueduct. Thank you. Got to irrigate. Oh, my God. You kidding And me? you got to bring the water to and from. Right, right. He says in the beginning, quote, I was talking with Neil about a month ago when it was just revealed and reading all the stories and fan reactions about it. It was interesting because people are thinking maybe we'll hold back some story or stuff like that. That to me sounds that like them saying, I'm, I don't, I believe that they haven't worked on it, of course, but I'm saying like per your point where everyone's like, well, you, now you cut a piece out and you take it yeah. and put it as DLC. Well, they're saying preemptively, we didn't do that. No reading between the lines. So I feel one. like that's ahead of the story. I feel like that's something that's inserted there intentionally. Shot across the bow. Arnie Meyer making chess moves out there. Boxing in his competition. I guess. I mean, I guess that's what he's doing. I don't know. You know what I don't understand when growing and harvesting? Cranberries. You ever see these idiots out there with these giant yeah, they do in the water. Cranberries are up to like their right. fucking belly button. Well, the cranberries aren't. The cranberries are at their belly button, but they're not standing <laughs> in just cranberries. I'm pretty sure it's that deep. It's all cranberries. It's water with cranberries floating on top of the water. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. They're not standing in three, three and a half feet of cranberries. I don't <laughs> know. It'd be a great harvest if they were. I uh, tell you what. Cranberry prices would plummet. <laughs> Could I get craisins cheaper? Because craisins are a pain in the you ass. Like they're too, oh, they're delicious, but they're too expensive. I like cranberry muffins. Yeah. A lot. Okay. Even that. more than blueberry muffins. Yeah, 100% I agree with that. I like a blueberry muffin. Sure. I like a blueberry muffin. Where, I like a blueberry muffin. Where do you come down with the uh, uh, the lemon, what is it, the poppy seed, lemon poppy seed? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I like yeah. those too. All right, good. But I think that if I had my choice, if all things being equal, yeah. I'd go the further cranberry. Oh, sure. Okay. With a little bit of like walnut. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd prefer no walnut, but I can get down with the walnut. The as only well. walnuts. I like it okay, but like right there, when we're talking about a moist cranberry muffin, I'm just like, right there, we're done. Really, you don't want any of that crunch? No, I don't need the crunch. Some of that crunch. Uh, no. I'd prefer, I prefer food I could eat without my teeth. <laughs> you want to gum it? I appreciate that. I respect that. <laughs> this is the best show we've ever done. <laughs> Number three, it says, it all says this is game demography. Now, this, now I'm going to. Because I didn't want to write this and, and distill it. So I'm going to, we talked about this on Colin and Greg Live. Oh, you're going straight to the source here. Right, exactly. Pew uh, Research released, uh, Monica Anderson wrote this at Pew Research, released the demographics of device ownership. And I thought this would be interesting to share. It's not PlayStation centric per se, but it's console centric somewhat. Okay. And other people would be interested in, in some of this. She writes, the rise of smartphones has had a major social, political, and cultural impact. and has changed the way people reach their friends, obtain data and media, and share their lives. Fully 68% of adults... And this is a presumably in the United States since it's Pew Research. Na uh, nearly double the share that Pew Research Center measured in the first survey on smartphone ownership in 2011. So 68% of adults now have a smartphone. At that point, 35% of adults had smartphones. Now, here is the interesting thing with smartphones and demographics. 70% of men, 66% of women. Ethnicity, 66% white, 68% black, 64% Hispanic. So everything's pretty even. But then when you get, to, um, when you get down to tablets and then you get down to uh, consoles... What you realize here, and computers specifically, mm -hmm. what you realize is things are getting shaken up a little bit. And she writes later on, game console ownership is where it was in 2010. Now, I have a problem with this because on me. we are counting in 2010 the Wii, ah, in addition to PS3 and 360. And gotcha. I don't really consider that a traditional gaming console, and I don't think most people would. Um, and you're, and for the record, you're not doing it as a knock or a shot against Nintendo. No. You're talking about the fact that it broke through every console barrier. This is the thing had. your grandma had yep. and all this kind yep, of yep, stuff. Yep, yep. But there's more. Rest in peace, Granny. But regardless, this is what it says. She says game console ownership has remained consistent since Pew Research last polled about the device in 2010. Today, 40% of adults report having a game console such as an Xbox or PlayStation. She doesn't mention Nintendo, but certainly it must mention it must be in there as well. Those whose households earn less than $30,000 annually are less likely to own a game console. A third have one compared to 54% of adults from households earning $75,000 or more a year. 
And so here's where things get interesting. And I, and I can't find, we know that they pulled 948 people, which is an appropriate sample size. Um, and I know we've talked about this on Colin and Greg. Some people don't understand polling and don't like their whole thing with surveying is they didn't talk to me. And I'm like, well, you can actually skew the result in to include undesirable you. ways in order to talk to everyone. You don't need to. That's the idea of polling. You know, sample. you find a sample, mm-hmm. right? A, a consistent sampling of people. So they spoke to 948 people between March 17th and April 12th, 2015. Um, and here's what they found. It says percentage of U.S. adults who own a game console, e.g. Xbox or PlayStation. Uh-huh. U.S. adults, 40%. Here's what this is the one that, that was driving people a little crazy. And, and it's confusing, but not really in my mind. Men, 37%. Women, 42%. More women than men own a console. It's finally happened. Do you think, what do you think about that, first of all? Because that doesn't jive with what we know about game demography in the industry. Mm-hmm. But this is where I'm coming in to say, to say that, well, older consoles are counted. Is this a mom answering for her son or her daughter? Mm-hmm. Is this, so there's some confusion here about this. Okay. But it's about even if there's, there's no margin of error that I can find, but it's about even. Ethnicity, White, 39%. Black, 43%. Hispanic, 45%. So within the evenness there. Age group, 18 to 29, 56%. 30 to 49, 55%. This is where I got heartened. 50 to 64 50 to sixty-four in age, 30%. Okay. So now gamers are getting older. Yeah. And 65 and older, 8%. So 8 out of 100 people that are senior citizens have a gaming console. Nice. In the United States. They count we though? Probably. Yeah. Household, no offense, Granny. Household Recipes. income. Not surprising. The more affluent you are, the more likely you are to own a console. Under 30,000, 33%. 30 to 50, 43%. It's really 49,999. 50 to 74,999, 50%. 75,000 or above, over 50%, 54%. And then the more educated you are, the more likely you are, the to, more likely you are to own one, except if you graduated college. So what it says here is less than high school, 21%. Less than high school diploma. Sure. High school diploma, 35%. Some college, 54%. College plus 37%. Mm -hmm. Of course, you go to college, get distracted by video games, and you're out. Yeah. It happens to everybody. I'm only kidding there. Community type, 41% urban and suburban. Same number. Okay. Rural, 34%. Rural. The rural juror. And then portable gaming devices. Here we go. Vita's time to shine. And this is where... I don't understand this. This is where I'm a little confused about what Pew's saying here. He says, portable gaming device ownership tied to age and household income. Percentage of U.S. adults who own a portable gaming device console, e.g. PSP or Sega Genesis. That's what Nailed it says. It. Nailed it. What are you talking about? I don't think they mean Nomad. I don't know like, wh- like what they're talking about the, here. But clearly, there's like right there, all their survey. Like any, yeah, that's a little concerning. Any respect they had out the window. How they came up with this female demographic number we have questions about. Well, they can't. The, a lot of females answer they have Sega Genesis. But assuming Vita, whatever, 3DS, US adults, 14%. Men, 14%. Women, 14%. Mm. All the mm. same. DS is popular. Race and ethnicity, white, 14%. Black, 14%. Hispanic, 18%. So now we're going up. Yeah. Age group, this is not surprising. The older you get, the more the less likely you are to have a handheld. 18 to 29, 21%. 30 to 49, 17%. 50 to 64, 12%. 65 and older, 3%. Three of every 100 senior Old citizens guys, okay. have a handheld gaming console. Household income, not surprising. Again, affluence raises the likelihood. Educational, again, same thing. It peaks in high school and some college and goes down. When you have a college or do pull more and more. And then community type, same thing. 14% urban, 14% suburban, 12% rural. Hmm. So anyway, I wanted to share that data. I thought it was very interesting. I had not very seen anything like that. Um, 
before. So there you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. P.S. I love you. XO. XO. And there was other stuff um, in, uh, let's see. I think it was an ESA report, but I don't have it here because it's not really relevant. But they also, I think it was the ESA that also revealed political leanings of gamers mm. and found a pretty decent, even, someone didn't even, but even split between conservatives and liberals, which I think would surprise a lot of people. Number four. It looks as if Dark Souls 3's release date was leaked, as well as the existence of two collector's editions for the game. Word comes by way of Wario64 on Twitter, which posted the images to both collector's edition, one simply called the collector's edition, the other the prestige edition. And both images are marked with an April 12th, 2016 release date. Doesn't seem Bandai Namco has yet commented on the veracity of the imagery, though it seems they are real, both because they are leaked from a retailer and because of the general respect Wario64 has as an industry insider. So we were waiting for word on that. But it seems like it's possible. How's that? Dark Souls you? three, April twelfth. It's fine. I think they already said April was the date. So I, this isn't or the month. So I don't think you gonna play. It? Uh, probably don't you not. Usually try them, don't you? I didn't try two. I okay. did Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Bloodborne I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't I really didn't like Demon Souls? Dark Souls I tried twice. I took an entire week off from IGN. As I remember my last year there to play Dark Souls again. I remember that. Uh, and I was just like, I can't, can't do it. That was that was the retirement vacation, right? right exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Number five. Bloodborne the Old Hunters DLC is set for a November 24th release day. We already knew that. But more Bloodborne goodness is coming out alongside it. A patch provided to all players with or without the DLC will bring new features to the game, including something called the League, additional co-op NPC hunters, and more. Word of all this comes by way of the PlayStation blog, which notes that the League is, quote, a band of hunters who have taken an oath and are bound by a single purpose. By aligning yourself to the League, led by a mysterious figure in a constable's garb and bucket helmet. Oh, not the bucket helmet. You can assist other players online in the game and compete in the league's online rankings leaderboards. Do you cool. think it's just really a bucket? Like Buckethead. Yeah. I hope so. So we'll see more about that soon. Okay. It's, cool. it's coming up. Very close. A couple weeks. Number six. One of Sony's lesser known but still beloved public faces is officially leaving Sony after a decade on the job. PlayStation's director of strategic content, Shahid Kamal <gasps> Ahmad. I didn't hear this news yet. Has announced via his blog that he'll be leaving Sony to make games. The root of his career has taken him towards planning and establishing relationships and away from creating games. So he'll be doing that now. Shahid was, in particular, one of, if not the single biggest advocate of PlayStation Vita within Sony. And we wish him the very best in his future. Is it effective immediately or is he... I don't know. I I, I, I don't know. We see him at PSX? Will he come to the Jillian's meet and greet at 8 o'clock Saturday? Probably not. We never got him on the show, which disappointed me. We fucked up. Uh, But it said in his... his, I mean, he's been in the industry a very long time, but he said he's not been making games for like 25 years. Oh, wow. You know, like really made a game. Got the itchy leg. He's got to get out there and do it. Yeah, so I don't blame him. He did a good job. Number seven. That's enough. Number seven. That's it. No, that's enough. Does Crystal Dynamics want to make a new legacy of Kane game? Yes. It appears that a number of people within the studio want to return to the IP. In a conversation with Australian site Finder, Crystal Dynamics senior designer Michael Brinker noted that there's a, quote, 50-50 chance of bringing the, the game back. We have in-house developers who really want to make that game. It's interesting because people look back at our history and our franchises and see that we've done some really great iconic IPs. So so gamers wonder, where are they and what are they doing? Well, we're always tossing around and talking about ideas of bringing them back. It really is 50-50, end quote. Uh, I threw in here just for context. There were five Legacy of Kane-related games launched between 1996 and 2003. The series is responsible for launching Uncharted writer Amy Hennig's career as a gaming scribe. She, of course, worked on other games before that. But as a writer, that's where she really cut her teeth. Yeah. 
What did you th- did you play those? I remember pl- I played original Legacy games. Yeah, I don't remember anything. Yeah, they weren't like super remember. I enjoyed the PS One on PS One, not even the ones that came out. Later. I remember enjoying them. So yeah, it's yeah, that'd be a cool one to bring back and do something new with and change it all up. Sure, shake it up as the kids say. I don't really care. I mean, that's that's kind of where I come down on it. You okay, know? whatever happens, happens is fine with me. Gotcha. Number eight. <clears throat> Finally, after two years, PlayStation Four owners can natively purchase avatars on the PS Four instead of having to use PlayStation Three to secure and assign avatars. Word comes by way of PlayStation's official Twitter account, which last week tweeted out and said that the transfer will be happening, quote, in the coming days, end quote. It might even be live when you hear this. That's ridiculous. I mean, now, here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing. I didn't even it. know you couldn't. I just, I've had Kefka forever. so. And so that's the thing is that I, when making the jump from PS3 to PS4, I've had Zeke forever, right? As soon as they put Zeke up, I bought Zeke and had Zeke, and I only changed it when they did that. The Dunbar uh, beam. Short, <laughs> the Dunbar beam. When they had that short-lived uh, program, the rewards program, where I had, like, legendary under my name or whatever, right? Because I spent so much money on the goddamn PlayStation Network. But I've been Zeke. But then when PS4 came, you know I don't even use Facebook, and I made sure I linked it to my Facebook so I could have my own photo. So I, and I, it's one of those, I forget all the time that I look like Zeke until I have to do something where, like, you... Uh, if you were gonna to take my profile and like put it on, you know, like is like for one of the the lower like sign off on a message board or mm-hmm. something, then it pops up I'm like, all oh, right, that's there. But I didn't even think about that. But I didn't even realize that it wasn't a <coughs> that it wasn't a thing. If you just bought a PS4, you're like, eh, this is what it is. It's true. Number nine, <clears throat> Sony claims that it's seeing an influx of shooter fans migrating to PlayStation with PlayStation Four. PlayStation Group marketing manager Lauren Bradley told MCV that quote. This generation, the shooter audience is tending to switch over to PS4, end quote. Hence the company's high expectations for the upcoming Star Wars multiplayer shooter Battlefront. Meanwhile, PlayStation Europe boss Jim Ryan told MCV that the third-party partnerships that began cobbling together before PlayStation 4's launch will continue. Quote, we are going to be strong with games that we have developed and we will publish, but third-party partnerships continue to be important to us. The days of a platform holder working in isolation are long gone. It is a connected ecosystem and relationships with publishers operate on many levels. They will certainly continue to be really important in 2016, end quote. I can't but help wonder if the the days of a platform holder working in isolation are long gone is a comment being made indeed in isolation or if that's a shot at Nintendo. Because like I'm reading into it. I'm not saying Jim Ryan's saying this, but when I read that, but because I I don't know why they would bring bring any notice to a a partner or a, a competitor that on the console they're destroying. But at the same time, we know that so like why would you we've known that again the days of a platform holder working in isolation are long gone is it just being said in a vacuum probably it's being said that's what i thought about when i read and i bet it's the it's the company line of that don't get me wrong isn't even a line it's really what i think they're they think for this holiday season of working with these third-party publishers right that it's not an exclusive but let's make a big deal out of battlefront let's make a big deal out of destiny let's make a Mm -hmm. big deal out of well bloodborne is but you know what i'm saying like let's make a big deal out of these games that Aren't from our first party, but are our thing. And if we make it look like it in commercials, it's our deal. It's working. Yeah. Whatever they're doing is working. People had pointed out to me when I said that there are no first party studio games being released. They're like, well, MLB came out. I'm like, that doesn't count. Well, we, I mean, it's a great. Christian Phillips. It's a, but, but it doesn't count for multiple reasons. It doesn't count, first of all, because it's on PS3 and Vita. Second of all, it's an annualized series. Of course, came out. The point we're (laughs) trying, the point, the point we're, we're trying to make with that is Bloodborne from software produced and helped by Japan Studio, which is a first party studio, but not a Japan Studio game. And then, so Bloodborne came out, The Order came out, that was helped by Sony Santa Monica, but it's not a Sony Santa Monica game. Right, right, right. That is a, a Ready at Dawn game. Uh, so all, and then Until Dawn, obviously Supermassive, helped by XDev in, in Europe, but is a Supermassive game published and owned by Sony. So he's right that, it, like, they still have their exclusives, and it's funny, what's so funny to me, we haven't explored it, maybe we won't this time, but 
the notion that second party partnerships were going to start to fall apart has been totally fucking wrong. All this conventional wisdom about this generation was wrong. The way the consoles would sell, the importance of exclusives, and the the death of the second party exclusive, which Sony had a lot of in the beginning of the PS3, as we all know. Layer um, is a good example. Heavenly yeah. Sword yeah. is a good example. Haze is a good example. Um, Folklore is a good example. These were all Ryan Clements, what up? Sony-owned IP that was made by second parties, and it didn't work for them that time, but it works now. Until Dawn is one of the great games of the year. Bloodborne, yeah. obviously, people are people really love, and people probably feel the same way about that game as well. Until Dawn, two out of three ain't bad, right? Yeah. Two out of three ain't bad. So it's working for them, but next year we're going to see at least three big first-party exclusives. In well, Uncharted, Horizon, and... Worldwide uh, Studios is on the tr- back right. on track. The release schedules are there. You're getting right. a stop every so often again. And The Last Guardian, yeah, which is actually going to happen, which is amazing. <clears throat> Number 10. Ubisoft released sales data indicating that PlayStation 4 is its strongest platform for game releases, more than doubling the sales of PS4's competitor, Xbox One. According to GameSpot, which relayed the data, PS4 accounted for 27% of Ubisoft's game sales in the six months ending November, or I'm sorry, September 30th, which is down from 32% the year before. Meanwhile, Xbox One accounted for 12% of sales, down from 15%. PlayStation 3 stood at 9%, down from 19% as the console slowly wanes. Mm. Now, as we talked about on Colin and Greg, and I think this is interesting and salient, we have to talk about how P- Sony talks about PS4 sales a lot, 29.3 million as of the end of September, I think. So they're up to probably over 30 now. We haven't heard Xbox One sales in a very, 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 very long time. Yeah. But I think you can extrapolate data from this if all things are equal, right? This is where you put on your lab coat and you go to the chalkboard. Exactly. I love it. it. Take me to school, Colin. It's easy, right? It's easy. It's it's easy. If PS4 accounts for 27% of Ubisoft's game sales and Xbox One accounts for 12% of the Ubisoft game sales, then Xbox One presumably has sold less than half of the amount of PS4 sold, if everything's equal. I think that this data is an interesting window into a possibility in which Xbox One has sold 14 million units. Okay. Unless game buying behavior is different on those two consoles, and I don't know that. But I think it's safe to assume that PS4 is beating Xbox One about two to one based on this data. And it's important to note that I'm not shitting on Xbox One. If Xbox One is selling half as much as PS4, it is still outselling Xbox 360. Yeah. It's first two years on the market. When you do this then, so are you saying it's within reason, you know, your margin of error, the people who've bought, like me, I own an Xbox mm. One and a PS4, right. right? So I'd only buy a Ubisoft game on one of those platforms. Right. Well, that of course has to be taken into account, but if that changes the numbers at all, then we'd have to assume that people that own both consoles have a tendency to go towards one, and I just don't know if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. If it is, and then it's negligible, because technically... 27% PS4, 12% um, Xbox One, then it's less than half. But I'm saying half is probably where you want to say. Mm-hmm. 14 to 15 million. Sure. It's very respectable. I thought that was interesting nonetheless. because we it don't, was. We don't have, I mean, I just hate that they don't release sales data. Number 11. Grand Theft Auto 5 still commands, quote, robust demand, end quote, according to the game's publisher. Take to Interactive. GameSpot reports that GTA 5 is still played online by 8 million gamers a week. Good lord. Though it didn't update the 54 million copies sold number it last announced earlier in the year. The company reported revenue of $364.9 million for the last quarter, up 169% year over year. NBA 2K16 was apparently a huge driver of revenue, even though as GameSpot points out, it was only on sale for 48 hours in the period being reported. NBA 2K15 and Borderlands The Handsome Collection are also revenue drivers for the company. Nothing to be said about that. No. I still can't get over it. It's awesome. It's awesome how well NBA sells based on the fact that I would never, 
I mean, I know it does well. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? But the numbers it's put up this year, you're like, man, there's a giant population of gamers who aren't on our message boards or tweeting at us or doing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you talk to our group, you'd think it wouldn't sell anything. Absolutely. We're a bunch of, we're a bunch of nerds. Sports games sell, man. Number 12, Battleborn has been delayed. Word comes by way of Take-Two Interactive, which is publishing Gearbox upcoming Gearbox's upcoming title, just as it published the Borderlands games. The game was originally primed for a February 9th, 2016 launch, but will now come out on May 3rd, 2016. The change in date was made so that Gearbox could, quote, fully realize its creative vision, end quote, for Battleborn. I think that game's going to bomb. Okay. I, I have a bad feeling about that game. I bet it will. Uh, at retail. It's one of those, that, yeah, you and I, like, you think of it this way. At retail... Fuck yeah, it's done. I don't think it's going to do well. And it took Randy Pitchford sitting down with us and talking about what we were seeing and explaining it point by point of being like, well, it's not MOBA. It has MOBA tendencies. This is blah, 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 to get us excited about it. Even even then, I'm not like, I need to put, like, you know what I mean? If he was like, Borderlands 3 comes out in, in, in May, I'd be like, ah, I'd be super psyched for it. You know it's what an mean? interesting bet for them. I understand you have to have palate cleansers at developers, especially a developer like Gearbox, which actually retains a lot of their talent. That's a big place. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those guys have been there for a long time, so they might not necessarily want to work on another Jump Borderlands right into a game, Borderlands, yeah. but they really should. I mean, they're building the team. Yeah, they're doing. I mean, they're, they're doing it. Yeah, but I I understand the drive to be creative and to find new IP that's valuable and stuff like that, but it really does come at the risk of alienating what made you big in the first. But place. that's always the problem, right? We talk, we we sh- we don't shit on. We give developers hell, right? If it's all, if it's just the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Sure. So you know what I mean? Like, that's where is true. it? Where is it? And then we talk, you'll talk about the fact that if it is over and over and over again, you lose, lose people. So yeah, I'm sure it was an internal discussion at Gearbox where it was like, I don't know how many more times I can go and <laughs> go and do this on Pandora. Like, what can we do for a little bit to get us off that? Yeah, I would, I'd like to see them do even something else beyond this, but I don't, I don't, uh, like the MOBA, I, don't, I, I just don't think this stuff generally fits on console. It does sometimes. Obviously, Sony's doing Killstream, which is a MOBA-like like, game, and that's the thing is, like, and that—that's what for me is a, not a ray of hope because that sounds so dire, right? But what, my interest in Battleborn was down here, right? Then Pitcher came on, showed it. I was like, this actually looks cool. And now that we're not, I'm not. I haven't watched the demo and forever. I'm back down, not all the way down again. I, I know it'll be cool, but like. Same, same thing with Killstrain, where they were like, oh, it's got mobile. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what the hell that means. And then you watch people play it. We did the you know the live stream with it. And you're like, oh, okay. So it's really, there's things going on, and it's like that. But I'm just running around fighting on my own. I can do that. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I I, uh, I was going to say, too, that um, the fuck is that game on Xbox One that's a mobile that's actually doing pretty well? Smite. Smite. People like so, Smite So there is room for it, but I just don't know that you necessarily want to invest in it. It seems like a huge risk. Number 13. This is an interesting one. Sony Shuei Yoshida spoke with Digital Spy about PlayStation VR, both about its possible release date and price, as well as about, about interestingly, the possibility of a new rating system just for VR. What? Per price and date, he told Digital Spy, quote, we have an idea, but there are things we want to make sure. It's similar to any platform launch. So as far as hardware development is concerned, it's going great in terms of timing. Everything's going well. But the people working hard now are the system software people with the SDK, the operating system, and the functionality between PSVR and PS4, end quote. I want to jump in here real quick to say he was talking about how we've never seen the interface, and I thought that was really interesting. We've not. We've That's not seen point. the, the, the VR's like interface. You put it on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it said, when asked about the impact of violence in VR, Yoshida brought up the kitchen demo in which you as the player can get stabbed. As a result, he said, quote, the power of the medium is so much so that in the future, the industry will probably come up with slightly different ratings so that we can communicate to consumers what kind of contents are inside. It's early days, but it's important because we don't want to handcuff the creativity of developers. But it's a challenge for the future as the media is so powerful. 
something could potentially cause trauma to people when they try that yeah. because they played something really awful, end quote. He later stated when asked if VR will therefore need its own unique rating system away from the likes of games and films that it's, quote, something like that I hope we can work on, end quote. They really are committed, man, to mm-hmm. this being the future. And speaking of that, Zachalus wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to be on the show. And he says, hey, guys. Hello. I was thinking about your prediction that PlayStation VR will come out at the same day or time frame as No Man's Sky. If Sony has proved anything over the past year, it is that they really love bundles. Do you think they will come bundled together? And if not, what do you guys think would be a good game or games to bundle with PlayStation VR as to bring in the biggest audience? P.S. I love you and congrats on the progress you guys have made. Zachalus. Thank you. Thank you, Zachalus. That's a it's a good question. It I, yeah, I what what do they bundle it with? Is there a bundle, Colin, that's the PS4 and the PlayStation VR? You have to assume so, but I was surprised that they didn't bundle Vita and PS4 right, for together. Play. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, not in an official capacity. So, sure. um, it's it's a risk in the sense that you need both of these to work with each other, right? Yeah. But if you bundle PSVR, which I think is going to cost $299, mm-hmm. and then you bundle the console at $350, you have this thing that's like sitting on the shelf that's like six hundred dollars. People are and think that's how much P- PlayStation VR is. You have to hide that number from yeah, you. Can't it's a, sh- you can't sticker shock the consumer on that. It, it, it brings up to me, and I not thought about it too much, but there's another issue, and it's it's how you, it's not only how you educate the consumer about VR, it's how you, and it's of course how you price it, how you release it, what games, compelling games, compelling experiences, but also, how yeah, how you don't scare people off. Yeah. But still let them know that this thing needs to be purchased in conjunction with this other thing. My, if I was a betting man, I would say it's way more likely than not that they're going to have a bundle. Um, with PS4? But yeah, but it might not be something you see on store shelves. It I might be something you buy on Amazon or something if like that. It'll be retail exclusive bundles. I don't think there's one. There's not going to be a, a crate that's the VR headset and the thing. You're talking, yeah, a Sam's Club deal, an Amazon deal where they're cutting off this much and tossing in a game. Now, the interesting question, will they bundle No Man's Sky with it? I don't think so. I think they bundle something else with it. I think there's mm, I some tech demo wheel or whatever because that's the big thing even with the Oculus dev kits that went out, right? Is that They come with a bunch of different little things to screw around with before you go out and try to get all the other stuff. I'd imagine it comes with probably some version of that playroom thing uh, I played at Comic-Con where I was the giant worm smashing things with my head chasing the little uh, you know playroom guys who are in your controller or whatever there'll be I think there'll be little mini games like that bundled in with it but I don't think you'll get a full-fledged No Man's Sky game in there I think they want to keep No Man's Sky out so that's the gateway drug of getting it and if they're treating it like a console launch that makes sense right you don't have to in this day and age bundle your biggest ex- your biggest game with your new hardware yeah I agree uh, yeah no I think it would be a huge mistake to bundle the game with with VR just because you're leaving a lot of sales on the on the table and obviously right. this game's cost a lot of money to make so um and we're assuming that it's a you know a vr game right we don't know they not no they, this they, is my, he said he said i've been thinking about your prediction right, my right, prediction right. that no man's sky is a VR my game. prediction but but no nope, you're not taking this one from me like you took my avocados uh i didn't take your avocado. now you're just see what i did now there? you're no, that, spinning this is a no spin there? zone my friend yeah this is the spin zone. um it is a sound prediction uh, it has to be it has to be a vr game i can't imagine that it's not and I really do think the delay or the presumed delay, they never announced the date. Everyone was like, well, it was supposed to come out in 2015. I'm like, they never said that. Um, as far as I can tell, I don't think Sean Murray no, ever said that. They've always dodged that question. Um, yeah. They've always been up front. But it's so obvious. It's so obvious. You know, I, I, I just couldn't imagine that they would leave that opportunity on the table. I'd be, I'm going to be profoundly disappointed if that's not a PSVR I, game. I always talk about it that I'm more excited about No Man's Sky thinking it's a VR game. Mm. That gets me more excited to get in the cockpit, look around, and then have this like chill experience where I'm out there killing tyrannosauruses and running from the space cops i don't think we have any risk of, of anything else happening with that i think it's going to be a vr game and um, i think it's going to come out of launch mguard 18 wrote in to kind of funny.com slash psq just like you can't have your questions on the show and he has 
honestly, this I read this email and I was like, damn, that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought about this yet. So this week I finally got around to playing Broken Age on PS4 and I was thinking that VR would be a perfect form for a point and click type game from Double Fine. Instead of trying to immerse someone in a photorealistic world like Robinson, I would love to be transported to a quirky Tim Schafer-esque story with great writing. Such game, such as game, would also benefit <laughs> from not having to get shoot, shooting or quick movements to real like in other games. Oof. This one isn't on oh, VM Guard 18. I'm sorry, buddy. But rather just have you play around and interact with objects to advance the story. I wonder what you guys' thoughts are on this. P.S. I think you're kind of funny. M Guard 18, that's a great idea. Now, and I'm not. Here's what I and what I'm saying is I don't know if the traditional adventure game works in that that idea. But I now that he once he said that I was like. Of course. Of course Double Fine is working on a, a VR, PlayStation VR game right now. You figure these are the guys who were the, out in front with Connect. They were doing all those different movie games where you're smashing stuff and kids loved them and they had a great time. They did the uh, Sesame Street Connect game. Like they actually do jump on and take you know new technology by the reins right and get a part of it and yeah some kind of quirky weird ass Tim Schafer experience you weren't expecting on VR that totally makes sense. I don't know if it'll be I pick up the water bottle and I try to touch the light with it. You know what I mean? I don't think it'll be that kind of adventure game. But yeah, for sure they're doing something over there. Yeah, I mean, it does make sense. What I'm realizing about Double Fine, I think I came to this, this, this realization a while ago, is that I just they're, I just don't like their games that much. Like, they're, And I'm not saying they're bad games. They're just not for me. No. The only games that I've ever played from them that I liked were the Costume Quest games. Yeah. Everything else is like, I, I appreciate what they're doing. They're just, they're not aimed for me. when I, So when I, when... Because it's adventure games and all this kind of stuff, and I'm just like, ah, just, it's not for me. And I love Tim Schafer, and he's on our show all the time, so I'm yeah. not, I'm not trying to shit on anyone. It's just those are. So when I hear that Double Fine might be working on PlayStation VR, I'm like, that's great for people that like those games, but that's not something that's going to really compel me. Except for maybe in this new space, it could be something that's a little more compelling. See, but. the thing is, I think you're painting with a broad brush. There is that, yeah, Costume Quest. I'm, I'm exact same boat with you. And Tim Schafer was giving me shit right when he was coming on last time to promote Grim. And I said on the show before, the day before, I'm like, oh, I've never played Grim Fandango. And he's like, what? He's freaking out. And I went and played it. And I was like, yeah, this just isn't for me. I don't like this kind of game. And then Broken Age came out, right? And I played Broken Age. I was like, yeah, I can't get through this. This isn't for me. It's just like, that isn't a game type that speaks to me. In the same yeah. way, yeah, MOBA doesn't speak to me or whatever. And we give MOBA shit because we're joking around. But like, it's just not what we'd want to play for fun, right? Or go out and like getting stuck. Whereas... It, and that's where I want to make sure we're very clear is that Double Fine's a big umbrella that has Costume Quest and has the Tim Schafer, you know, adventure games, but it also has Massive Chalice, right? Did you, did you ever oh, play I more play that? Oh, I played that. That was an Xbox One game, right? Yeah, exactly. It was on PC. That was, and it was a turn-based. It, it was like Tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Final Fantasy. And it had, oh, so, so that's true. had a great sense of humor, really fun idea. It was from Brad Muir, right? But like, that was an awesome game that I loved playing. It's very much like kind of funny as an umbrella, right? Maybe you don't like Colin and Greg shows, but you like Tim and Nick doing love and sex stuff. You probably don't like Colin and Greg shows, to be Yeah, honest. too bad we're every show. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it jumps around, there's different things. So that's what I'm saying is like, and same with uh, Happy Adventure Theater or whatever, right? The Drew Murray games that we promoted all the time and uh, that were Connect games and then the Sesame Street things. Those weren't adventure tim schaefer games right there's other things coming out of double fine that don't necessarily fall in that sure that's true but i I just want to be clear but but in my in my mind i'm I'm thinking like okay brutal legend was cool but it was it was i wanted to just run around and hack and slash it. you couldn't really do that in that game right yeah it became an rts uh yeah psychonauts was i mean their first game and obviously it was yeah yeah i mean brutal legend is an rts but then costume quest was great stacking i didn't like sure uh i didn't play any of these other games let's see blah blah blah. the cave (laughs) is an adventure game it's not for me yeah yeah uh broken age obviously is an adventure game uh, Costume Quest Two was was a lot of fun. Grim Fandango was not for me. Yeah, Massive Chalice sounds sounds cool. Uh, Day of the Tentacle obviously not for me. Uh, so I, I wasn't saying I wasn't. So I wasn't saying that it was it was the brand. The brand. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. that generally. So the only thing I'm trying to identify here is that 
I hear there might, you know, you, 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 you think they might be working on a PlayStation VR game. And I'm like, that sounds great for those people that enjoy those games. You know, I want something like what we're getting at at Eve Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. You know, I See, want something like that. My that spin is on it is the fact awesome. that all the games you said that aren't for you, right? With the exception of the cave, but which it honestly is the exact same thing is you're just not into Tim's games. You know what I mean? It seems like every other developer there is doing something you can get behind, or sure. maybe it's a kid's game. Thanks, you don't Tim. Care about it. You know what, Tim Schaefer? Just hang it the fuck up. I think we've said it for We've beat around the bush forever. Hang it up. Take off the flannel and go home. <laughs> we love you, Tim Schaefer. All right, let's get through the rest of the news. Number 14. Will Darksiders 3 become a reality? It's possible. Developer on the game writing on the Steam forums for Darksiders 2 Definitive Edition ah. noted that the re-release quote was just the start. Since we acquired the franchise, we were looking for options for doing in Darksiders 3. The remaster was just a way to get some spotlight on the franchise again, reactivate the community, and have a better starting position for Darksiders 3, end quote. So it sounds like they're going to go. I think that's uh, Nordic Games now doing that. Is it? I think so. Okay. I can look real quick. Yeah, I mean, I think Darks, the definitive edition, right, is clearly testing the waters again of like, well, do people care about this game? Can we do something with this game? I'm good for them. A lot of people I know love Darksiders. Yeah, that is Nordic Games. Uh, Number 15, Life is Strange 2 is a go. Of course it is. Word comes by way of an interview given by Dotnod's founder, Elaine Damasio, to French website alchemy.info. Although little other information was given, we can assume, and this translation came from Reddit, by the way. We can assume that the studio will again utilize the strengths of episodic releases and work with Square Enix as a publishing partner, but that's all conjecture for now. I know literally nothing else about it other than that they're going to do it. Life is Strange too. Yeah, that makes sense. Everybody loves Life is Strange. I have, I played episode one and liked it. I haven't gotten back, but I'm, now I'm going to go back and sit down eventually and play them all. That's probably one of my Christmas games. And number 16, right before we went in to record this podcast, EA announced EA Sports UFC 2, although oh. no other information is currently available for it as a full reveal is supposedly slated for November 10th, which is tomorrow. Um, so that's it for the news. Colin. Yes. EA UFC 2 sounds like it'll be a good hit to the head. It does sound like it's going to be a But it's a long way away. If I wanted to know what came to the mom and grop shops this week, where would I go? You go to the official list of PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita software. Upcoming PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita software by the kind of funny co-founders. There's not much this week. There's actually nothing of any Everybody should be staying the fuck out of this way. Arcade Archives Super Dodgeball comes to PS4 Digital. Nice. Super Dodgeball is an action game that was released by Technos Japan in 1987. Players compete with powerful global teams to become a Super Dodgeball champion. I like it. Good job, Clements. Fallout 4 comes to PS4 oh. Digital and at retail. But does the game studios, the award-winning creators of Fallout 3 and the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, welcome you to the world of Fallout 4, their most ambitious game ever, and the next generation of open-world gaming. We'll get to that soon. Yeah. Chromaya comes to PS4 digitally, says the frantic old school action of classic coin-op shoot-em-ups comes crashing headlong into the 21st century with Chromia. And it's actually called Chromia Omega, it looks like. Chromia Omega. Although it's like the symbol Omega. Explosive high-octane blasting combines with hordes of enemies in a 360-degree environment. Experience the next level in bullet hell brutality. I will. I doubt you will. No. Phineas and Ferb Day of Doofenshmirtz comes to PS Vita. Hell yeah, does Vita lives. And I think this is a Vita exclusive. Yeah. Save Danville from the devious Dr. Doof. Phineas and Fur bring their lo- joyful blend of laughter and chaos to PlayStation Vita and a brand new adventure you won't find anywhere else. All right. I'm in. Easy platinum, I hope. Skyscrapers comes to PS4 digitally. So Skyscrapers is a classic arcade style, vertically scrolling, competitive platform fighting game. Select from a diverse range of extreme sports people to fight <laughs> and race your way to the top of a falling skyscraper. 
as it is being demolished. Some fucking extreme sports people. I love it. Spelunker World, which comes out on the 11th, that's Wednesday, uh, comes to PS4 digitally. It says, embark on an underground adventure. Spelunker World is a free-to-play side-scrolling action game. Play as underground explorer Spelunker, in quotes, and venture into the mysterious dungeons. Look at this just IP steal. Like, it's like, how can we make Spelunky but not get sued? Free to play Spelunker. Even the guy looks like Spelunky, except he's wearing a miner's hat instead of the little Indiana Jones hat. It's not Spelunky, it's Spelunker World. Um, I apologize, I already Spelunker World. Finally, Superbeat Zonic comes to PS Vita digitally and at retail. Experience Superbeat Zonic, the new music game sensation that's bound to have you on the edge of your seat. Enjoy the stunning visuals and effects as you play your way through more than 50 unique songs this is a spiritual successor to dj max right it is i think so about it. yeah yeah i'll look into it i like the dj max games was terrible at them all the time always wanted to be really good at them couldn't do it for some reason sure sure yeah that's it that's it ladies and gentlemen that means it's time for tots 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 tots, tots topic tots, of the show colin uh what we want to take a guess at what it is um fallout 4 it is fallout 4 congratulations colin you've won uh of course ladies and gentlemen over at youtube.com slash kind of funny games probably maybe where you're watching this podcast right now we've put up our fallout 4 review it's me it's colin it's christine steimer it is spoiler free you can go watch it there's no footage we beat around the bush with names and stuff don't talk about specifics uh it's our thoughts for 50 minutes on what we think of fallout 4 uh, of course there's also two let's plays up one with colin one with me both of those are about an hour a piece you have a whole bunch of fallout content up there so we're not gonna sit here and rehash everything we've talked about. In a nutshell, are you happy with Fallout 4? Yeah, I am. I think it has, you know, I think people think I, I don't like it. I, I actually like it quite a bit. I think it's got some problems, some design choices that I wouldn't have made, but I think it's a great game. Yeah. I've only played it for about 15 hours. So yeah, I think... you played it for way longer than me. Yeah, today I probably crossed the 45-hour mark, 47-hour mark or whatever. I'm in love with it. I'm enraptured by it. I want to play it. And like I was talking about on the thing, right? Like, you know, you're talking about you want to take it slow and get it in, you know, like a drip. You get a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. For me, I want to be in it the whole time, but I don't want to be cranking through story missions, right? Today, I did the stream uh, for the embargo, right? And it was seven hours. It was seven hours of me playing, and I didn't touch the main quest at all. It was just going around, doing things, getting locations, talking to people about what I'm seeing, using my gun. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a fun world to be in and that's mm. the game i've been looking for all year you know mm. t- when witcher came around I-, I don't like high fantasy right but i jumped into witcher because i was like i want to exist somewhere you know what i mean and now here i am existing this place building my towns getting better weapons having a great time so everybody go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games you can catch the full review there but we do have questions of course from you the community just like no fun at all who wrote in the kind of funny.com slash psq he says beyond so I've been playing Fallout 4 on PS4 for two days now, and I'm absolutely stoked. Having played all the previous editions and clocking in over 200 hours of Fallout 3, I feel this game improves upon everything that was right with Fallout 3. Colin, do you agree? No, I don't. You want to go into it a little bit? Just a little. Uh, I don't like the leveling up system. Um, Mm. I don't feel like I'm necessarily getting any stronger. When you level up in Fallout 4... Just like in, in, in other Fallout games, you, you, you're only raising your hit points, but because there's no skill point system anymore, you're, you you can go 10 levels without actually making your character any stronger. That's your choice, of course. Yeah. But I think there's just too many options in the, in the, in the in, you know, I liked the perk system and I liked, you know, just having skill points to put in the small guns or in a, you know hacking or whatever you want to yeah. do, lockpicking. I, I just, there's, there, it, the way it is now is cleverly executed, but it's not the way I want to play. Sure. And it's, I find it not overwhelming, but muddled. 
Okay. You know, in my, I, in I was my talking mind. about and it, actually his question was like, how would our thoughts? So we're there right now answering. Them. Uh, for me, I'm the opposite where I like every. I like this more. I feel like I'm getting more out of it. I have more control over how I'm growing and branching and stuff. You know, what I mean, like I've been identifying these perks I want to get to, but I'm not to the level yet to get that next tier of the perk. So now I'm taking my points and dumping them just into strength overall, right? So I can carry more because that's my big concern. Is I hate being over encumbered. I want to get out and do this stuff. So I enjoy that. Uh, he does put in this interesting, or she puts in this. No fun at all. Says. Also, remote playing on my Vita is great. Have you tried that yet? I haven't, but I think that there was an interface made just similar to Destiny. The guy made the Destiny interface for exactly. Vita. Exactly, and that's this. the thing. I really, I want to screw around with that tonight. Hopefully, I want to screw around with it, period. Maybe I'll do it tonight when we're shooting this uh, video we have to shoot tonight. Uh, Jonas Majeroy wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can and says, now that the review embargo for Fallout 4 is up, how hard was it? to not talk about it on social media when you got the game. Have you had a lot of hallway conversations about the game, or have you kept the game talk to a minimum in fear of spoiling something for each other? That's a good point. This is one that we had to be not dodgy with, but it definitely changed the tenor of a few, how are we going to say this or what are we going to address, right? And it was one of those weird things, and this is always the thing. Actually, let's go into the second question, or another question, I should say, right? Because this is actually interesting uh, in terms of how this all go. And, of course, I can't find it. No, there, there, there it is. Yes. So we're talking. We're still talking about that one before mm. we had it. What, what was it like having fallout and not being able to talk about it? WX man Kyle wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, It's no secret people in the biz have Fallout 4. This is 7 to 10 days before release. I've noticed Greg and Colin have now hidden their trophies. Why? The trophies for Fallout 4 have been live on PSN profiles and other similar sites for a while now. Cra- crazy embargoes are dot, 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 Crazy? That was the that was the interesting thing for me. That was a stipulation for us to play the game. Exactly. Yeah, we get the game right, and yeah, the embargo is that we can't talk about it till the recording. They were recording this Monday at five a.m. Fine, no big deal. And then also, yeah, we had to hide our trophy, our trophies and activity, our, on our trophiles, trophiles. Oh, I like that uh, on PSN, which was weird and always. And it, honestly, it's one. Of, this happened with Metal Gear as well when we went down there, and they were like, "We'll turn off this on your profile." I was like, "Okay." But you understand people still see that I'm playing the game, right? That was, and I, so I'm, I, the only thing I'd wrap my head around with the trophies was that there was concern that if they saw Editor X, Greg Miller, whoever has gotten 48% of the trophies, they could then, kids could dial it back to say, he only got it three days ago. The game's super short or it's this, that, Maybe. The other. I really don't think it's even that. I think, that, I think that they have no idea how the PlayStation th- 4 works. And we, and we know this because no one understands how PlayStation 4 works or PlayStation 3. Just dealing with games so many times where they're like, well, this, 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 and this. And I'm like, we it's not going to hide yeah. anything that you think it's going to hide. I think, you know... The embargo wasn't that unusual. I think some people were talking about how unusual the embargo was, and I'm like, I don't really think it was that unusual at all, actually. But, um, but you know, I have no. I've said this before, and, and I think we said that, talked about this a little bit on Colin and Greg. Was I have I take no issue with embargoes. Um, there's just a few things that an embargo can't tell me, or I won't to do, or I will not abide by the embargo. I will just not take the game. So an embargo, if an embargo says like you can't tell anyone that you have the game, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. If an embargo says you can't share it on social media. That's reasonable. And if the embargo cool. tells you to play offline, that's reasonable. I want to make points to this because I think maybe it isn't. If the embargo tells you you can't tell anybody you have the game, that's reasonable, I think, on a number of levels, obviously. But most importantly is that game creators can't get the games to everyone. Mm-hmm. So right there, they already are getting their door beaten down that I need a copy, I need a copy, I need a copy. If it is that they see Colin has a copy, then it is why didn't I get a copy? Why right. are they getting a copy? You know what I mean? Like, there's no, a yeah, different thing. And yeah. I don't mean Colin, I mean Editor X, whatever. But there's... Um, 
there are certain things that an embargo has never asked me to do that I but but if it did that I would not abide by the embargo and not take the game. An embargo has never asked me to uh you can't say bad things about the game. Yeah. Right? Of That's obviously not not an embargo that I would accept. An embargo has never told me uh you can't say anything about a game after the game is launched, which is not reasonable. And this has happened. Yeah. Not to get any game I've covered. Uh, but I think Assassin's Creed last year was one of those games where people were upset because Unity's um, embargo was like s- hours after the game actually came out, which sure. is not reasonable. And usually um, when those things happen, there's an outcry, it becomes a story, and they, they go back and they, you know, back down on what the right. thing is. So it's, it's, embargoes exist for a reason. We don't have to have access to these games. And there's yeah. no, and publishers and their, and their partners and their developers don't have to give us anything. So if the agreement is to have something prepared for our viewers and our audience, you can't say you have the game. And you can't put anything up until the day before the game comes out. That's not unreasonable to me. Not at all. Like, yeah, I, and and uh, that's I stand by that one hundred percent. If an embargo is asking me to do anything untoward, which an embargo has never asked me to do, uh, then that's a different story. But I don't think it's untoward to say like, listen, we're giving you the game. It's not out for two weeks. Just don't tell anyone you have it. Yeah, we're not asking you to not say anything bad about it. We're not asking you to just just wait. I think that's you know a reasonable and a reasonable embargo for reasonable people. And if you no. and, and you're not reasonable if you think that that's bad. Yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm sorry, like, but I don't think that that's what people are upset about. I think what they're upset about specifically was, you can't even say you. There's an embargo for the embargo. In other words, saying like, well, now you can that, tell people when the embargo's up, and I'm like, well, that's people treated this like that. I can't think of a specific example, but I know that this has happened. Oh before. yeah, no, 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 no. This has totally happened before. Where yeah, don't talk about what you can't say. Such as, I mean, like the example, the most recent example was. Metal Gear, where I went down and played it for a day and a half and then was allowed to say that I'm playing it and that this is the day the content can come out. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so it happened just very recently. Yeah, and, it, but, and there's been examples when we were at IGN where it was the same thing of like, don't say you have it and then you can say on this day and whatever you can't, you can, that you're going to review it. Seems like faux outrage to me. Oh, sure. It's just like, I think it's, it's everything. You know what I mean? People just want to talk about it. But it is also weird just because it was like, it it's... Always those little things. And this isn't at all attacking anybody or anything, right? Because embargoes break all the time. This wasn't breaking embargo. We get our copies of the game, right? There's these strict embargo things. But we were in San Diego waiting to get our copy of the game. It was coming home while we were there. And then, like, uh, during Colin Greg Live that day, people were like, hey, Jeff Keighley got Fallout. And you open up, and Jeff had a photo of his, his Pitboy edition. It's like, oh, cool. And then Jess put hers up on Instagram. It's like, oh, so, like... Now, what is what are we, what is the real word right, here? That's, you know not, I mean? that's not cool. But, I mean, again... Well, that's not cool, but that is their prerogative to allow to allow tastemakers like that to do. And, that. And that's the big thing is there to be cool with who it's not cool with. It's not cool to this weird nebulous thing. Not that it wasn't cool for Jeff and Jess or anything. Right, exactly. And it wasn't it wasn't for our PR people. I think what happened there you kind of hit hit on because we've talked about it. I think that there is a line there, and we fell on this time. We were the press side, and they were personality side. They're not reviewing it. They're just going to talk about it and play it. So right. who the hell cares? Just don't don't put out your impressions. Right, right. now back to the question. That was submitted, of course, by Jonas underscore Majeroy. Was it hard not having what? Life was weird. It wasn't hard. I don't think it was hard. It wasn't hard. I always, it's that tug, of course. Like today, I got to put out my first little Twitter video of this guy getting shot in the head and his eyeballs going all the way out and towards the camera, right? Just because, and like there's those moments, right, where things happen or I have a funny screenshot and I took, I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, well. I'll sit on this for a week till I can say something or do something. What was fascinating in this house, I thought, was the way it was you, me, and Steimer all playing it. In the beginning, it was just you and I had copies. She was waiting on hers. She had signed her NDA or whatever. And so, like, you were playing football, so you gave her her copy. Or you were watching football. You, God, God knows you weren't playing football. You gave her your copy, right? Then she came out and gave it to you when you were done doing football so she could be on a review. Then, then on top of that, it was like three people were in different places in the game. 
So like you'd come out and ask me to put on headphones so you didn't see anything right. And then I'd we, me and her would start talking about something. You'd be like, oh, don't say anything or vice versa and all this different stuff. I'd go into the bedroom to play on the monitor next to her. And like it's been a weird it still is a weird thing of like landmines of like that's what's reasonable. Okay. That's for anything, though. I mean, I, I, no, I, I, I don't really play I, games I, in the living room, so I, I never worry about about spoiling for people. But I, I thought it was fine. I mean, I, I mean, it was a way harder thing to keep secret that we were going to do this podcast. I knew that for two months before we announced it. So it was, <laughs> that was a way. That was a way. I wasn't saying it was harder and reasonable, Con. I was just saying that's what it was like around here. No, I, I understand. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like that. But to the to the point, I, I guess what I'm saying is to what you know, was it hard or whatever? It's like, dude, we know so many things. Like that's true. You know, like like us playing Fallout for a week before we can tell you is like the least. One of the taxing, least difficult things I've ever had to keep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still know many things that you know, you know, are, are are coming up, and you do too, don't we? And it's, you know, those things are harder. Not that they're not even hard to keep under wraps. Those are the things you actually want to tell people. Yeah, you know, but oh, yeah. it's it's uh, so having a game early. I mean, we had so many. We've had just. I think it's just because coming where we're, you know we we've been in this industry for so long. We've had access early access to so many games at this point. It's like. You know, we've had games way earlier. I mean, we, we, I'll never forget when we had Killzone 2, like for fucking months. two months. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was just in our, like we just had it. I think we, I think it came out in February or something. We had it in like December. Yeah, that was crazy. I and now, that. I, so like there are things like that where I'm like, that's a little harder to keep under wraps yeah. than, uh, you know, having Fallout 4 for a week, for instance. Yeah. So there are, you know, or when we had Godfather 2, literally, I think like six months early. <laughs> that was the one too where you had the crazy code or whatever. You had to put like a USB in and yeah. you did some kind of check to see if you so had it. So it was, so these things happen in the car and we have I, I think it's just it's, it's i think not to sound jaded because that's not my intention but you get you, you're in the industry it's it's part of the it's part of the job it's part of what we have to do and so you get early access to games all the time and it's just not that unusual you know the only thing i think this was different is the way that the hype's different the hype is different for sure and then it's also the way we cover games is different now right where it was like you know tim's like well what have you guys been playing for like games cast right and like well, we've been playing fallout we can't talk about it so then it's like what the games we've been playing, that segment is different, right? Mm-hmm. Like for our whole job is for what, at least three hours every day. We talk to you about what's happening in our lives and game related, right? And so then for this week, we had this giant thing that we couldn't, that you couldn't put sure. out and talk about. Yeah, in that respect, it didn't neuter our content, but it it um, changed the, the nature of what we would have done if we would have been able to say something, but we didn't. And to, to everyone's credit in the industry, like I, I think only one site broke the embargo. So. Yeah. You know, these are, these are, you know, it's like, let me think of a good example. Nuclear standoff. It's like if a, it's like if you know someone, I'll give you this example. Let's say I know Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. I don't know him, but let's say I knew him, right? And he's like, Colin, I know, you know, you're friends with my friends and you're a huge Jets fan. And, you know, the Jets play in in New England every year. I want you to come. I want you to come into the box and watch the game. We're just having a good time. And he's like, the only thing is just don't wear your Jets gear. Mm. you know and i'm like all right like either i can go i can watch this game on tv i'm still gonna cheer for the team i can go buy my tickets and sit in the crowd but robert Kraft's inviting me to his box right to sit into the box and all the owner of the patriots is asking is that i don't sit next to him in the arc rivals gear is that a reasonable thing probably yeah you know so it's like it's a it's a similar thing here where it's just like you get the game early and you get access to it and that's just the way it goes. And, and does it change the, the dynamics for our, our content and, and the way we talk to our audience? I don't think so. I think it strengthens our ability to talk to our audience about the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just have to wait. The gun's loaded. You know, and I'm like you fucking point it at you and shoot, you know, like it's just and I, I the other thing that we have not, not talked about or not touched on, although we have in the past about embargoes, is that it, it does level the playing field and also gives you time like you don't imagine 
if they were like, here's the game. We got the game on October 30th. Here's the game. Embargo's November 1st. Yeah. we been like, fuck. You know, like, what are we going to do? You yeah. know, because we don't have enough time. There's no time. I mean, you figure we had, yeah, what, a little under a week, a little more than a week, and then we couldn't, we, none of us beat it. No, exactly. So, but, but I think that if we were at IGN still and we had, and, and we had this obligation to beat the game, we would have. Oh, sure. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, totally. I'm but, sure Dan Stapleton played the, his balls off. But the point is, is that a week is plenty of time if that's your job. Yeah. And our job is not necessarily to, to beat the game to render a review and a score on it. But if it was, that would have been plenty of time. So, but that's actually did a pretty nice job, all things considered, of giving people enough lead time. Would have been nice to have more. But yeah, the game went gold and they sent it out. I mean, I don't know how much quicker they can possibly go than that. Killin56 wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like you can have said. Since Fallout 4 is out now, do you guys have a favorite new feature slash game mechanic? Or is there anything from previous Fallout games that you're missing? We've covered the, the perks thing. Let's keep it positive. What do you like? What's the new thing you like? The in environment. Really? I think, I think yeah, the Commonwealth's great. Um, and I talked about it on our review, having lived in Boston for five years, there's a lot of touchstones there for me. Yeah. Um, I think they really nailed... Uh, the vibe. I mean, obviously, Boston's not a nuclear wasteland, but no, it's they, they 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 nailed the vibe in certain ways. The the adherence to sports in that city with something like Diamond City. Uh, obviously, the furor for Revolutionary War history in Boston, which is fucking huge for anyone that's ever even been there for a day, they'll know that the Revolutionary War is very serious there. To the point where they celebrate evacuation day. They mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they have the Freedom Trail, Lexington and Concord, and all these things are right outside the city. There are don't tread on me flags, you know, Gadsden flags everywhere, join or die stuff. Um at least when I was there, I don't know if that's still the case. I think it is. Uh I'm, it was there for like that for two hundred years, so I can't imagine that's They're not, not like changing that. it up now. Um so that I like that the most. I think that compared to New Vegas and compared to Capital Wasteland, this is the coolest environment so far. That's cool. Coastal Massachusetts is very diverse and there's a lot of things to see and do not only in Boston, but outside of it. And unlike the way they did Washington, I feel like Washington was this closed off in my mind. I don't really, you know, I remember pretty well, but it, it was like a place you went and there was things to do and there's like a corridor with a bunch of buildings and shit, but it wasn't like this place you really explored. The wasteland was Maryland and like Northern Virginia, yeah, yeah. but not the capital. And with Boston or with the Commonwealth, Boston's a big part of it. It's not the only part of it, but it is a massive street by street by street, building by building by building. There's a fucking ton of shit in there. Yeah, yeah. And so I think the density is really cool too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, again, I talked about it too in the review, youtube.com slash kind of funny games, is the new dialogue system and having a voice. You know what I mean? It's, I still, playing it today on the stream, right? I still stop and listen to these conversations and the interactions you have because for me, it's something you don't, I don't, I didn't even think about, right? For when I started playing it, I'm like, why am I enjoying this story so much more? Why am I, for the first time in these fall games, having real connections to the companions and this? And I was like, oh, it's because. Um, it's being told to me as a story. Like I feel like my character because I'm seeing my character as she emotes and talks, right. and I choose like you know the one word thing of like sarcastic or is are you okay or whatever, and then she goes and has this conversation that I get to experience. It's very Mass Effect, which I love. It totally is great and mm-hmm. like keeping me entertained. I want to know what's happening, and now I'm wrestling with these decisions that before I probably you know in Fallout Three I didn't give a shit. I was mm-hmm. stealing from people. I was doing these different things, trying to keep my karma where I needed it to be. But now there's no karma system. It's hidden, or maybe maybe it's hidden. I think there's a karma system something's going on but like i am into this story because of the voice and because of the face and because of the dialogue system right i think if there is a karma system you would know after 45 hours i would hope so i mean i think that's a pretty huge deficit in game design but i think i mean like i the fact that it's keeping track of how many things i've stolen you know what i mean how many times you've trespassed or whatever it's like "Hmm, that's interesting like why why even have that why even show me it's red or whatever especially because i can just steal nobody knows or whatever i don't know 
Well, we'll find out. We will find I, I out. think that I, I don't think it's going to be like you, at the end. It's going to be like da da da. But I wouldn't be surprised if somebody if you. I'm a good guy, so I'm hoping I'm getting the good things as I go, right? I'm being a good person as I play through as Taylor Swift. I'm hoping that nothing's locked out, but I wonder if you were evil if some, or bad, if, if some choice would be locked out. But there, it would be shitty game design mm. to make choices consequential without any way for you to even measure where you are in your choices, other than to say, like, you stole 10 times. Like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that that would be good game design. Sure. But you always the like the gray game, stuff of New Sure, New but Vegas. the perfect game design in, in Vegas was that the choices were gray, but you knew you were making them. You didn't, they were morally ambiguous, mm. but you knew the choices were being made and that they had an outcome, sure. right? So at least you knew you were on a road. You didn't know where the road was going or what, what the fuck ro- the road was, but you were on a road. Mm-hmm. And with this, I'm like, d- does this even matter? Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. it, it seems, I know that Fallout 3 to a lot of people is very binary and that isn't, and that's why New Vegas in my mind was better because it wasn't binary at all. But, you know, I, I still need to know. I don't. It's a game. It's a fucking video game. You know, like, sure. I, I still want to know the tr- if, if, I'm, if what I'm doing is mattering. You know, OK, it's what it's. It's the same complaint people had. About, it's a similar complaint. People had about Mass Effect 3 where the choices didn't matter, but the choices are still being counted. Like you were still Paragon or Renegade, but at the end, it didn't matter. And this mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's like the inverse. The choices might matter, but you don't even know. I don't know. It's just something to consider. I hear you. I'm just saying if I'm always picking the sarcastic answer, if I'm telling people off, you know what I mean? I don't need the red horned vault boy to pop up. I just, it, am I locking myself out of conversations with people, which are then locking me out of quests and like dominoes falling down? Who knows? Alex Kaplan writes in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, hi Colin and Greg. Hello. Do you think Fallout 3 will ever get a remaster for PS4 or will I always have to dig out my PS3 whenever I want to play through my favorite game of all time? Probably not. I, I don't, I, no that way. doesn't seem like that's something they would do. If you did, it would be so late. It, it would be so far from now, you figure, right? Because now they're here to sell Fallout 4. When Fallout 4 is Fallout Four is going to keep going into next year with all this DLC, then there'll be the Game of the Year edition, right? And then they'll want to sell that for another calendar year or whatever. And then maybe from there on out, they start thinking about it. But then they'll be thinking about what they want to do next and not you know going back. And I mean, your stuff. it's one story that I didn't put on here because it, it has to do with Xbox One and not PS4. So it's not relevant to this 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 podcast per se is. Uh, Bethesda did say in an interview that they rema- they didn't remaster they ported Skyrim, Skyrim to Xbox One and this was a technical exercise for them it's probably very similar to the way uh, Naughty Dog remastered The Last of Us for PlayStation 4 to learn the architecture as they're making Uncharted 4 yeah. but that they you know don't have any assumptions that they're going to release Skyrim for the next gen consoles to me this is something that if Bethesda was going to do it don't remaster it that's a fucking waste of time send it to Bluepoint or someone and just say like, just port the games and sell them for fucking $10, you know? Mm-hmm. You'd probably sell, like, a fucking shit ton of copies of, of the game on PS4 if you just were, like, trophies are the same, just a new trophy list. The game's the fucking same. We're not chewing anything to it, but we're just making it available to you. Yeah. This isn't a problem on Xbox One because Fallout 3 is already playable on Xbox One. Yeah. Um, so I think that the solution might be that this is on PlayStation Now or something like that. I don't know, but I don't... I, but this is not one of those companies, typically, that goes back. They are doing that with Dishonored. But, like, we haven't seen... And they did it with Doom. Mm-hmm. And they did it with Wolfenstein. But not in conjunction with games, right? So, like, when they re-released Wolfenstein, it was, like, 2008. It was just, like, Wolfenstein 3D is on PSN now. Or, yeah, yeah. or with uh, Doom, um, you know, when they released Doom 3 on PSN, it, it had nothing. Like, Doom was two years, three years out before, like, even being announced. So, so I just, they do it when it makes sense, and, but not necessarily in conjunction with other games. And I agree with you that it's going to injure Fallout 4. In that Skyrim example, right, was we ported it. He was talking to Game Informer, Todd Howard. He's like, yeah, you know, we ported Skyrim over. He's like, don't get excited yet. 
You know what I mean? Like, I think you have a better chance of getting a Skyrim HD, a Skyrim, or we know what I mean. Skyrim. Well, the work's done. Re- exactly. Yeah. It's like if they just, if somebody's going through right now and sprucing it up, whatever, then yeah, they have a better shot of that happening. But this is where the Xbox One gets in its way because yep. why? Because like, everyone's going to trophies like, and sharper graphics and all the DLC and like, you know what I mean? Like, that's where you have to go. I understand. I'm with you. That backwards. Now, what does that mean now to a developer? We need to get a third party developer on here, or I guess publisher on, right? And talk to them about. What does that mean? You know what I mean? It is the fact that all your games are backwards compatible. So then go get them this way. But then do a game or two. Like, what if it is, you know, Skyrim looks better and runs better and has all the DLC bundled in and, th- you know what I mean? Has a beta exclu- for, or I don't even know, first access, first look at the next Elder Scrolls, right? There's there's things you can do to make it in- enticing and interesting. But I'm with you. That, like, going forward, what it means to re-release remaster whatever the hell you want a game is going to be interesting right because it was been easy forever and now it's like oh well what does that mean Mm. we'll see people get excited for sexy questions and sexy people time to move into reader mail aren't we already in reader mail oh this was we mail (laughs) okay good (laughs) enough (laughs) uh johnny fig at live.com wrote into p s q I'm shortening right there and says, hey, guys, I want to know how you guys remain so confident that Guerrilla Games can pull off Horizon, a story focused game when the arguably worst part of the Killzone series was the script and story elements. P.S. This show is cracked to me, John. It's because of who they poached to get the game, uh, to, to make the game. The writer of New Vegas is writing that game. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not. Yeah, exactly. so I have every if that's what you're concerned about. And I, I appreciate that because I don't think Killzone story is interesting at all. Yeah. If, but if that's what you're concerned about, don't be. I'd have bigger concerns about other things than the story, which the guy who wrote New Vegas is literally at Guerrilla Games right now. Sure. So why, are, but so why are we confident in Horizon in general? Well, I've seen it, and yeah. I and I and I think but we've that, seen vertical slices of games before. Where we're like, mm, well, this is great, and then I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, it's not that's like, true. Yeah, yeah. But this is a game that's been is maturing. This is a game that's been in development for a long time, and they're just showing it now, and it's going to come out next year. Yeah. Uh, Guerrilla Games is very good, and um, they don't make they didn't make games until really well they didn't make Mercenary. I mean, technically their satellite made it, but they, you know Shadowfall was really the first Guerrilla game where I'm like I really 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 like this, as opposed to like this is a fun game to play. I don't really like this. This the yeah. universe kind of sucks. Um, it's similar to what we were talking about with Gearbox, where it's like, are you tired of making the same game? And and I think people like Guerrilla are probably really fucking tired of Killzone and. I'm sure there are people out there that, that, that have a great adherence to, to Killzone and its lore and they want to make more and they probably will, but there, it, it, this is like a, a freshening up of what they can do and, and, and I don't think that Sony would give them this much rope just so they can hang themselves with it. I just, sure. I just, I just sure. don't, I just don't believe it, you know? So the game looks fantastic. I have, I really do have a lot of faith in Horizon. This isn't like um, when I saw the order the first time and I came back and told everyone that you should be very wary of this game. Because I told everyone that, yeah, and no one believed me. And you should believe. Well, Colin. No, well uh, you people, should believe. You should believe Colin. Your people believed you. You should believe. Now, when, when I saw this game behind closed doors, I saw, as I've told people, what they just revealed or re- re- showed at Paris Games Week is what I actually saw in June. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, "This is fucking awesome." Was it running perfectly? No. Was there pop in and all this kind of stuff? No. We didn't even know the fucking release date or if it was even going to come out in 2016. Yeah. Um. There's some there's there's a nugget of something that's really fucking cool here. I mean, I don't, I don't see I don't understand how you can't see that game and be like, this is going to be cool. Um, does it pan out? I don't know. I'd be really sh- like shocked if it didn't. You know, I just I just I think this game's going to be great. 
I, I really do. And I, I assume you feel the same, but I don't. Yeah, no, I mean, we gave I mean, I voted for it game of the show based on the stage demo, right? Not the I didn't get to see behind closed doors, but up there watching it run. It does look amazing. And it's it, it's exciting to see them do something different and also exciting to see them seemingly excel in this vertical slice. You know what I mean? Like it, it, the to be wary of it is I understand it is them going in a different direction and not finally, you know, breaking away. But the thing was like. Killzone's been played out and felt played out for so long that I want to see these talented developers go somewhere and do something different. And yeah, the game's going to look great, but what is that gameplay going to look like and feel like, I should say? What is it going to feel like, right? And you get to see it there. You get to see the ferocity of these monsters. You get to see tethering them down. You get to see how cool this world is, how interesting this world is. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, you talk about the new Vegas story writer being there. It's like, great, bring in people to that are going to hit the points you need them to hit. Well, they acknowledge their weakness with that high, yeah. right? Like it's, yeah. it's not, it's not like them saying like the guys that wrote kills on They might, they might be working on this game. I mean, you need more than one writer to write a game like this, but that's them saying like, we are making a quest based role playing game. When, when they made that higher, I was like, yes, the rumors are true. Clearly yeah. this guy's not going over there to write a fucking adventure game or a shooter. That's what he does, you know? So, yeah. I mean, that's what he's known to do. So with, you know, with uh with new vegas anyway so it's like they're making a quest-based role-playing game and lo and behold you know they're making a quest-based role-playing game so the, the rumors were true and the dinosaur angle of it was true all the all the rumors about it were true they're not literally dinosaurs but um <laughs> they're mechanical dinosaurs but they're close enough to being dinosaurs god damn it the exciting thing to me about this is that Killzone had potential to tell better story and, and i think the story what it's about i should say is really cool about these two races basically that just don't get along with each other. And, yeah. and I, I think that that's an interesting nugget that could have been extracted by better writing. And I think that it's not necessarily bad writing that undid kill zone story. I think it's that it's a shooter and it's uncommon to find a shooter like resistance that has a great fucking story. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. resistance does have a great fucking story. But with this, I think this is their admission that like we, we weren't capable of making this game without making some changes to our team. And I, I think that, you know, based on we talked about it a week or two ago about how they were talking about Horizon's marketing ability, like they're talking about this game. People at Sony are talking about this game or this particular person as if this is going to be a thing. And I trust that they're making it in such a way that they want this to be a thing. And I don't think you put the first foot forward with Horizon without it being very, very good. And it's called Zero Dawn, right? I mean, this mm -hmm. is like clearly the first game in a series if it does well. Um, the Order was supposed to be the first game too clearly by the ending of the game. And I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. But um there's just a, like a, a je ne sais quoi about this game. Like, I, I don't you think? Yeah. Like, no, totally. It looks uh, the developer, the, the the development time, their heritage, the staff they brought on, the way it looks and plays. I don't know. I think it all lines up. There's something. Seems, there seems to be something good there. Mm -hmm. We'll go and dwell on it. Wolfman SJ wrote in to kindoffunny.com/psq just like you can. It says, "Hey fellas, my personal most anticipated game is Deus Ex: Mankind Divided." I have not seen much press or hype around this game. I know it comes out in February with Fallout and Battlefront still to come, but still. What does that mean? I think he's it's he's saying that oh, it's, still, I, okay. it's still a ways away, and Weird right now we have structure. big games. Right, we okay. have big games right now, and it's still coming later. I was wondering, what did you guys think of Human Revolution, and will you play Mankind Divided, especially considering Colin's single-player preference? Thanks, Wolfman SJ. Yeah, I want to give it a go. I I, I mean, I've talked about it uh, you and I ad nauseum that I, I can't, with, I yeah. couldn't aim. In the game, I couldn't fucking aim. They put it on weird buttons. Yeah, right? like like I couldn't play the last Deus Ex game. I just couldn't play it, and I yeah. was so excited about it. I'm like, I can't play it like this. I can't believe this game feels like this. Yeah. Um, for me, I just didn't like the actually. I am I am I excited for Mankind Divided? Yes, I hosted their PAX 
Prime panel, yeah, and I went there and got to see it and talk to them, and they showed gameplay and they played through stuff, and it was like, oh, okay, it seems like you're fixing my concerns because and my issues was were that it, I didn't feel empowered at all in that game. You start it, don't use your gun. All right, no big deal. I'm totally down for that. You've done one stealth move. Well, now you need to refill your battery. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This isn't, you know what I mean? And like, now I'll walk around and talk to me. I'm like. This, on paper, this sounds like a game I should be all over. You know what I mean? This futuristic sci-fi RPG cybernetics thing. That sounds rad, and I'd love to be a part of it. But playing it, I did not enjoy the actual gameplay part of it. I enjoyed the to- the story, talking to people, the you know, approach missions however you want. But I didn't ever feel like a badass in it. Watching the game, I was like, this looks badass. This looks awesome. And so, yeah, I hope that the controls are better because that was a problem for me too. But no, I'm excited for that game. And honestly, I feel it's going to be interesting because, yeah, February, it seems like it's striking at a time when it could make an impact. You know what I mean? It's still that first half of the year. Before and there's some delays out of gets there. Exactly. Before all these big games get there, this can be the game that comes out and similar to Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed 2 makes the improvements everybody wants to see and then sells incredibly well because of it. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think that uh, I want to play it. You know, it's on my radar. Uh, I'm not uh, you know overly excited about it. I really loved deus ex on xbox the original one i think it was on ps2 oh, as well it was on ps2 yeah yeah. uh that was when we called the deus ex and we had no idea we were yeah wrong. i don't remember if it had a subtitle i think it did but i liked that game and so i mean i, I you know i am I'm, I'm excited about it. it was just that one control flaw that you couldn't do anything about in that game i'm like i can't play this i just yeah. I, it was i think you had to click the stick and i don't know if they ever went back and patched it i don't think they did but if they ever did i don't know i mean i played it when it came out and i was like i, I got an hour or so in and i'm like i can't i just can't, i can't aim like this it's like, who, over who aims like this who does it's, this i think at the time i was like well, isn't it like 2011 or something i'm like who the fuck aims like this 2010s i don't know i was even further back than that um zandy 92 writes in and says do you guys change the set when you record ps i love you slash gamecast slash game over greggy show yeah i mean you know it's a youtube show right like you can watch it and you see yeah, I mean, it's very different. There's different. There's many different things on the walls. The the table's a different way. We sit a di- Yes, Vandy. We change. We change. It'll be all right. The set of the show. I just. I don't. Understand. You just listen to MP3s. Like I don't. I don't understand. What and if so, why are you curious? Why there's an easy way to look and see if we change the set. Moo, Jataboo, and it's all spelled out like boo. Right to the kind of funny.com slash PSQ, just like you can, says, Why Sony will launch Gravity Rush 2 on PS4, not PS Vita? Launch it on Vita. We'll revive the Vita and allow the people who played the first to play the sequel. PS, I love you, XOXO. I mean, it's obvious why they're not, but I mean, and nobody I, I, bought I, I, it. Yeah. didn't buy. Nobody's bought the Vita. Like, do you want, like, I understand what you're saying. We, we, there's few folks in the world who love their Vita more than Colin and I. Like what? Are we really gonna knock them for this? They want this is a they believe in cat. They put her in a PlayStation All Stars. You know what I mean? There is something there. Their own again. It's kind of like Infamous. Their own superhero that they can do whatever they want with, and in a game that is beautiful. But when it's out on a, it's out it's outcast on the Vita, and now they're like, well, we're not even like really developing for the Vita. We're not gonna put any resources into the Vita. It it's not like if you put Gravity Rush Two was not going to be the game that was gonna save the PlayStation Vita. That was not going to be the one that no. comes out and sells a gajillion units. No. That was Minecraft, and a month before it was supposed to come out, it got torpedoed and became a Microsoft game. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, I would love, I would love, based on the look of the game, it doesn't seem like it's taking all of the advantage of the PS4. It looks, I mean, uh, it, it, every environment we've seen, it looks like a prettier Vita yeah, environment. I'm it like, would have been cool to see on? it on both, but I, that's, I mean, that's complicated, and they're not, you know, 
they're putting it where it probably I don't think it belongs on PS4. I think it does belong on Vita, but I but it's where you put a game when you want it to sell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they want to make money and show that there's something here, which I understand. My big concern, and this is strictly based on the few trailers that have been released, right? And maybe hopefully it's just like they're showing you the first environment and then you get off to some crazy place. My real concern with that game is that if it looks and plays and is what we've seen, it's going to get destroyed in reviews because it's going to be like we already played this game. This is if now I shouldn't say that actually. It'll get destroyed by people who played the original one who aren't just like super fans happy to have it back. Like if I get that game and it's Gravity Rush again, I'm gonna be like, what the hell? Like, why not put her in a different place? Why not make a different story? Why not? You know what I mean? Like they and they're like, oh, she has new powers. I'm like, I get that, but like it literally looks like the same battles I had in, in, on this Vita game. That's how many years old? You know what I mean? Like, step up your game, as Marcus would say, get your game on. Yeah, and I think that they're. I mean, just to the to the point of putting it on PS4, I do think that Gravity Rush is one of those games that there was latent demand for that people just couldn't fulfill because they didn't have a Vita. So yeah. That's why it makes sense to put it there, too. It's not like Resistance or something like that where it's, you know, we, you could play it on your console. I mean, not the game that was released, thank God, but th- this is a franchise that was native to this, um, to this handheld, and I just think that people are curious about it. Agreed. Maybe it'll actually sell some of the Vita units. Oh, no, because it's actually being bundled. My bad. It's already out. It'll be out by then. They're, re- they're putting Gravity Rush out on PS4. That's my apologies. That's enough. My apologies. Colin, mm. what's this week's forgotten PlayStation game? Oh, it's my turn. I was going through my list not too long ago. I guess I got to just go and talk about Horde. Horde. Yes. Fuck yeah. PlayStation 3. Uh, just a really, I don't know, just a fun game. Yeah, that was a really fun game. You're a dragon. You're stealing uh, the hordes of other dragons or whatever and trying to defend your shit. It's, it's just a, it's just a, it's not a deep game. It's just fun. The but play. yeah, and that was the, eventually strategy comes in, right? Because you are a dragon going to towns, stealing their gold, bringing it back to your base. But then there's other dragons who are doing the same thing, or going after your base mm-hmm. and taking your stuff, and then you're fighting up there. It's stuff. cool. It's a it's a fun game. I think that it kind of just came and went. And you and I always liked it, but I think yeah, Damon there, was into it too a lot. Yeah, yeah, there were a few people out there that played it, but I think it was you know gone. So if you, you if you and Damon, <laughs> if you have PlayStation Three still and you 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 want to go find a game, I recommend Horde. That's a that's, that's a, a really that's good, a good pick. Game. Horde. Horde. Not horror. Not horde mode. Not horror. Horde. 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 H-O-I-A-R-D. Horde. Enjoy. That brings us to the PSN's worst name of the week. Remember, if you have a bad PSN name, whether it be your own, and I always like your own, I favor the, the, if you're yours, or you see somebody else there, go over to uh, kindoffunny.com slash forums. Post there in the PS I Love You thread called PSN's Worst Names. Uh, this one comes from Gambling Man. Not gambling. Gambling Man. Got it? Like bowl. The bowl? Bow, no, there's no W, just Bowling Man. Okay, I don't know what that means. Gambling Man. It look, almost looks like Gambito or something. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, Gambling Man says, My PSN username is Punishing Babies. Almost five years now. Level 15. 1,891 trophies. 15 Platinums. I'm in too deep. There's no turning back. Can't believe it has taken me this long to finally reveal it. I done fucked up. <laughs> Shuhei, I'm begging you. Gambling man. <laughs> Shuhei, please. Let gambling man, aka punishing babies, change his PSN name. PSX, right, Colin? That's the rumor. I don't know. We'll see. There's no it's not a rumor that will be a PSX. Saturday night, PS I love you. XO XO panel, 5 p.m. Followed by the kind of funny Just Cause 3 meet and greet Saturday night at Jillian's 8 p.m. All ages, free food, free admittance. Bring money if you want to buy booze or if you want to buy shirts from us or posters or Kevin. 
we might just auction off Kevin. That'd be great, right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been P.S. I Love You XOXO Episode 8. Remember, P.S. I Love You XOXO is kind of funny.com's PlayStation Podcast. It is the number one PlayStation Podcast on the internet. It is the only PlayStation Podcast you'll find at PSX 2015. Thank you all for your support. Please, if you're listening on iTunes, subscribe to us, rate us over there, drop us a review. If you're over on the YouTube version, please subscribe to the channel, thumbs up the video, share it with your friends so we can keep getting bigger, get more best friends in here, and then one day overthrow the government. Now, don't tell them we're coming for them, but that's the plan. That is what we're building here, right? Yes. Thank you very much. Colin? Yes. Every episode of P.S. I Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing to Shuhei. If you have a song, ladies and gentlemen, that you'd like to have submitted, and it's your song, I should always point this out, your music. Don't just pick a, somebody's music you like or whatever. You need to go over to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. Just like, now this is this guy didn't actually go over there. This is this is a, a friend of mine, an internet friend of mine. We'll say we're not like on a, we're not on like I'm not calling or texting or whatever. You might have heard of MERS. I had never heard of MERS. I went to a little show called Momocon in Atlanta this summer. You remember this? I do. When I got into Atlanta, it turned out that Tech Nine was in town doing a show. And as everybody knows, I am a big strange music fan. Love Tech Nine. Love Ritz. Said I'm gonna go to this show, and I go there and I bring Tim and Nick. Nick, of course, I had to wake him up. He's an old man. He didn't know he'd come to this rap show. He didn't know he's doing. Tim, of course, cutting edge music talent. We get there. Tim sees a poster for MERS and goes, oh, my God, MERS is on Strange Music. And I was like, I guess so. I don't I don't know him. This is like he's putting out this new album. You know, it's called Have a Nice Life. I don't know much about him at the time, but he's got a cool poster that has a mm. it's black and white. and He's got a cake mm. that says Have a Nice Life. And he's in a suit. That looks really good. And so MERS goes up there and MERS fucking kills it. MERS is awesome. MERS is amazing. I'm blown away. I think I'm in the in the in the crowd and I'm buying the album at the time. And then at the end he did a meet and greet. I went over, met him. Very nice man. Loves video games. Down in LA. Really talented rapper, everything else. Uh we chat back and forth, follow each other. He's gonna one day show up on the kind of funny stuff. But long story short, he put out a new single from the album Have a Nice Life, Mi Corazon. And that took everything in me not to screw that up. But mm-hmm. even though I, I can hear it my the song in my head, you know what I mean? He put out a new single from the album with a new video. So I thought, hey, why not do that? Reached out to him, said, hey, would you be down to put this on the show? He said, of course, love the stuff, love what you guys do. I'm like, great, perfect. So ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna end with a MERS song. Remember, if you're listening to MP3, you get to hear MERS's song, Mi Corazon from Have a Nice Life, uh, right here. If you're listening to the YouTube version, at the end here, there'll be a little end slate. You have to click over to go watch the video, spike his views, put in the comments that uh, P.S. I love you XOXO sent you so he knows that I'm not just some crazy person on the internet. So ladies and gentlemen, until next time, here's MERS with Mi Corazon. It's been our pleasure to serve you. Mexican and Salvi, the perfect girl from Cali Met her at a party in Van Nuys in the valley She said her name was Letty, that's short for Leticia I said my name is Nick, quite a pleasure to be meeting you Perhaps if you had the time I wouldn't mind treating you To dinner in a movie cause I really wanna be with you She giggled just a little, put a number in my phone I text a little later to make sure she made it home, made it home, made it home. Mi corazón te pertenece I don't care what your friends say Esta siempre en mi mente so I can't let you get away Que me traes buena suerte I need to be with you like every day Yo lucho hasta la muerte Bustin' shots with my AK oh.
I picked her up and dropped her back off at a door at 10 Now I'm walking to my car all cool When I heard a voice say, who the fuck are you? I said, man, you just see me drop Let the off, he balled up his fist Acting like he about to set it off His homie rolled up, looking just like him And just when I thought I was about to fight them Cause when the cops rolled up Smelling like some sausage and coffee and donuts But I'm happy that they saved me Cause it could've got crazy That's when Letty text me Said I love you baby you baby you baby you is loco But you act like you don't know though Estoy obsesionado un poco I'm always looking at your photos Esa mirada en tus ojos I can't believe that you wore those Ahora estás en peligro You better never leave me solo Just about 